uh, Legion Myth, not Heathen Dog. Legendaires, and welcome to episode 110 of RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of tabletop role playing games, and we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am the RPG authority, John Maxley Oshlo, your favorite <laughs> curmudgeon, critic, and judge. And along with me, as usual, is the man who lays his own lines and then walks them, Brett Ethan Dog Grissomer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and today is going to be an amazing day of Armageddon and destruction. 2012. Oh man, bitch moves right there. The world <laughs> is crap. No, 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 no. Oh, the world. Oh no, the tectonic plate shift. Shut up. No, you're gonna get some real apocalypse here. That's Astic timelines. Ah, <laughs> uh, so everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm a little sick because my son goes to a Petri dish. I mean, uh, school <laughs> and he brings it home. I don't so remember I'm the last, the last time bed. I was sick was when I got a COVID shot. <laughs> there, there you go. That's because you don't have kids and you have a wife that uh, doesn't work. So she doesn't get around folk. Well, no, she goes to Walmart. <laughs> no. Okay. Walmart's a bad place. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so how's your week? Uh, my week is doing okay. My mom is doing better. Uh, I wasn't good. here last week because my mom had a fall and she broke her leg. And uh, she's in uh, uh, round-the-clock physical therapy right now at the same hospital, just a couple floors up. So I had to go, you know, there for her surgery and do all that stuff, uh, get, get her house ready, you know, clean, take out the garbage, make sure, you know, all of the food isn't going to rot all that stuff. Cause she's going to be gone for at least a week. So had to well, prepare all that before I can come home. That's why I wasn't here last week. And Sean was very, uh, very adamant about the fact that he was a disappointed that you weren't here. Not, I'm not for that reason, but he really wished he could have talked to you as well. I said, I'm not sure you do, but, uh, no, no, you didn't, <laughs> anyway. because, uh, yeah, I got problems with your, with your, uh, with your, uh, savage world riffs. Don't like it. Well you, well, you don't like Savage Worlds at all. Though. I like Savage World, period, but I respect it as a standalone game. I do not re respect it as uh, an IP destroyer. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that you and I agree on. Not for me. It's not specifically about riffs. It's about anything. I don't care if you make a game. If you have your own rule set and then we're going 5e, I lose all respect for you. If you're like, oh, we've got our own game. And now we're going to go Savage Worlds like Earth Dawn did or Pathfinder's done. 
fuck? Uh, okay. you know, like, no, I, I don't respect that at all. No. Uh, I just don't. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with Savage Worlds. I do have two quibbles with it. I, I hate the word Bennies. Just yeah, fucking be an adult and say, <laughs> sorry, not supposed to cuss, and say benefits. And I don't use cards in my games ever, even in the no. free league games. I don't know. I'm not going to use cards. Uh, other than that, I actually like the Savage Worlds system. I think it's good. I just don't like... I don't like any game that takes over another IP and, and the concept of like, yeah, but it brings new audience in. No, but you know, what's really awesome though. What? Sean agreed, but he's the first person I've openly heard agree that. Yeah. When you have a different rule set, it actually changes the feel of the game. Cause so many people are like, it's just, it's still riffs. It's, it's yeah. still riffs. Like, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's something different. And you know what? I have to absolutely give him a shout out and kudos and respect that when he said that, when he's like, yeah, no, I, I get you. It's a different feel. It's a different type of setting. It's a different thing. I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat this down anymore. Cause that's exactly how I feel. And you know, from there it's a business decision. And if they're, making money bringing more people in i can't fault them for a business decision but i will always point to what we're going to talk about today if not like the first edition version of it but you know the palladium system mm -hmm. of riffs if i'm going to talk savage worlds i'm going to talk savage worlds or solomon kane or, or uh deadlands you know the actual things that belong to savage worlds right excellent plan i love it i don't you respect these going on victor how you doing <laughs> um yeah, so any anything else of note uh, for you this week or no? Uh, let's see. Not really. I mean, uh, I got back Tuesday uh, from uh, from rural Michigan. The internet is as bad as you think. <laughs> well water is as bad as you think. <laughs> were, you, were you in the militia area? I was. Uh, militia and meth. The, the, the M&Ms. <laughs> that's, that's what they have. There. I swear it's to God. funny. The, and where's M&M from? <laughs> he's from michigan that's right but uh uh in the, your neighbor? In, the, in the in the local newspaper the x gazette every week they have a they have a crime blotter you know local newspapers commonly do and every week there's at least three meth arrests at least three this is a small town three meth arrests every week and those are the ones you catch not the ones you don't thank you hungar the starvarian you need a sandwich. <laughs> that is, a sandwich. That, that's a uh, DM James brother. So it's good to, good to see you out and about and giving us five bucks. Thank you very much, sir. Hope you're feeling better. I mean, a sandwich and a hair pick. Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so that was my week. What about yours? Uh, my week. Uh, so I was on leave this week and got nothing done. No, see, I want to say that. I want to say that because I got nothing done that I wanted to get done. But the fact of the matter is I actually got a ton of stuff done this week. Um, it's just all like real life type stuff. Oh. Uh, you might have seen that I had to pay almost $500 to maintain the Legion Myth trademark. Stupid government. Uh, I had... Uh, How many times do you have, do you, do you have to do that every one, year? Once, I think it's once every six years for that. Once every oh. six or seven years for that, yeah. That's not so bad. It's still 500 bucks out it's of my account. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, but it's a business expense. You can write it off. Yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time earlier this week in my backyard. Leaves are starting to fall, so I need to mulch that stuff in, and that's really where I spent most of my time, especially since it's now finally going to become kind of cold here in Alabama over the next week or so. Uh, so 
yeah anyway i just did a lot of uh and when shooting yesterday i had to catch the vet had to go shopping I had to, just the nonsense crap you have to do throughout the week mm-hmm. since i'm home procrastination uh but yeah i mean it's just other than that i got a little bit of writing done for my game all pencil to paper writing nothing on the computer but that was actually the first time i've been able to write in my game in a while and i am so excited for it it's uh great so Good. Uh, not not as much as I wanted to again, but you know, hey, so the things I didn't get done were setting up for the potential 24 hour live stream, and I'm really feeling under the gun for that, and I'm still debating whether I'm going to do it now. Um, I want to. I, I don't have OBS set up the way I used to or the way I want to. Uh, I, it's, there's just things that because I haven't, you know, I haven't used OBS in what three years. <laughs> uh, well, wouldn't it be easier to hand off in Streamyards, like to me, to take you know four hour shift? Yeah, but playing a video game in StreamYard sucks. And then it also, when a charity, when somebody donates something to the charity, it won't pop up on the screen and things like that. That's that's I'm looking for stuff like that. You know, the little bells and whistles that everybody likes. Oh, Other right. than that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I'm glad I'm not, not hitting here. Hey, how you doing, Dan Bloodworth? Uh, I actually talked to Dan Bloodworth on the phone yesterday. That was uh, kind of cool. Uh, talked to him because he had me banned. Banned me. Banned you. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not surprising. <laughs> for, for, for which of the multitude of legitimate reasons were he banned <laughs> no he did it completely accidentally a couple months ago oh, uh, uh for uh uh he was trying to ban, uh, ban a, a spam one of those porn spammers and he and you know how chat will jump and you'll click the wrong thing like like i've yeah. done it before as well and it jumped out and i saw that he'd banned me i was like you banned me he's like no i did but uh no, that was a good time it was a good conversation with him so uh yeah um yeah but just a lot of little things so i, I knocked out a ton of little things and uh I have another week of leave next month and another week of leave in December. So, man, you're burning through those weeks. Well, I have it's all user loose. Well, like, yeah, not, why don't you get them? Why don't you get them all together and go for a trip, man? I don't have the money for that, dude. I'm I'm hemorrhaging money here. Okay, well, uh, seriously, in about at, at the at this rate, especially if the Air Force doesn't pay me back the rest of what it owes me, which it really still does owe me quite a lot of money. Uh, and I well, think I'm only going to get a grand, right? Uh, I'm lucky if I'm going to see five more. Wow. It owes me about 20 more, but uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It owes me about 17 more, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not going to see that. There's no chance in hell. I'll see maybe five if I'm lucky. But uh, anyway, but if I, if I don't do that, I got about two years of emergency funds saved up where I need a promotion. <laughs> something. Uh, anyway. Other than that, uh, no, I mean, like I said, it's just one of those really busy weeks that... Uh, it's just a bunch of little things, and I'm kind of glad I got it all knocked out because most of it needed to get done. And now uh, the one other thing that I <laughs> this is good. If he stopped paying me, he he could have a he could have a macchiato every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what would happen if he stopped paying me. Every hey. day in the month, he he would uh, by by not paying me, he would save enough to have a Starbucks coffee every day. I don't know. Starbucks is expensive. <laughs> okay, I'm from I'll, Minnesota. I'll, I'm from I'll Minnesota. It's got to be Caribou coffee. There you go, caribou coffee every day. He could have one, with some with some extra, you know, sprinkles or whatever. That, that I sneak in on my own, <laughs> like like in a movie. All right, yeah. Other than that, nope. Uh, um, had a great Friday chill stream. I uh, thought you know, fun time. Had the fat gamer on. Uh, he was first time that he was on the show. He was a great guest. People actually had, a, other than the audio issues, people had a lot of good comments about him. So hopefully, we can figure out those uh, audio issues because uh, we'll enjoy having him on as a guest for his commentary and. Can't think of too much else. Uh, we've got definitely some comments to go through after segment one. That's going to be fun. Excellent. 
Excellent. <laughs> Speaking of, let's let's get through the pro- the proclivities because yep. I want to get into riffs. This is fun times. All right, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so I got everything half screened here. Do, do, do. And we've got. We're starting there. All right. I want to thank all you wonderful people who help us through donations, tips, memberships, super chats. I already got a super chat today from Hungar the Starvarian. By the way, Hungar the Starvarian has his own channel. Uh, to be fair, I don't know how often he he posts to it or streams to it, but he does have his own channel, so check him out. If you know DM James, do Master James. Uh, that's his brother. And it's great to uh, see that they're both streaming and both having a good time talking about tabletop RPGs. So uh, check him out. Uh, anyway your support helps us provide giveaways me to pay for the government nonsense that i have to pay for at being a business jerks uh and provide more content and generally give back to the legion myth community as a whole and of course we will not we cannot ignore you crazy rascals who subscribe to legion myth and hang out with us in our chat during these live streams whether you're a chatter or you're even a lurker we're spectral fire talking to you spectral fire haven't seen you in a while you just l- permanent lurker <laughs> we appreciate what's that they'll just throw out an emoji <laughs> just throw out an emoji. there you go uh, we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us let's talk with spectrofire all right join us thursdays and saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legion of myth to watch heathen dog and his team of amazing adventurers that's right i'm going with adventurers today play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment yep on fridays and sunday i saw that you had uh guacamole in yesterday yeah, yeah, we did because we needed uh we needed more keys and and he and he had done the mission before and we hadn't so we figured eh, why not? But uh, it's having me there is a little bit cheating. Not in DDO they have the Halloween event going right now and my character class with with all my enhancements are perfect for fighting the undead because these undead are not healed by negative energy, which means I throw up my every three second I gain a hundred hit points uh, field. <laughs> And I'm basically immortal. I, I I can do plus five over my level by myself with absolutely nothing. But the thing is, if I do that, everyone else gets murdered. Just absolutely killed. Uh-oh. Oh, you're going to have competition. You're going to oh, have go. competition. YouTube series by the different Palladium main books and all their source or world book series. You think I should start? I think you should start about three weeks after I start. <laughs> <laughs> i think that that is what you need to do Three yeah there's a poll about that you know fat gamer you might want to vote no in that poll then <laughs> we have a poll yeah. on our discord right yeah, now because uh, that, that's exactly where we're headed for uh for next year tentatively segment two is going to be replaced with a uh, uh, a palladium source and or world book potentially so, potentially like i said tentatively, tentatively. Uh, yeah right um, in fact, I didn't even talk about the things I need to talk about uh, with regard to that. I'll do that after we do the proclivities uh, on Fridays and like Sundays. What day is today? It's Sunday. Oh, so what are we doing here? Stop by Legion Myth YouTube channel. We live stream. You guys know this stuff. You're watching the live stream. I don't need to keep yeah. talking about that. You already know. Uh, that. So uh, before, because I don't want to do this in the actual segment. Let me, let me take this off there. I do have a couple of announcements on our Discord right now, which the link is in the description below. We have two polls up. One is about a Rift's Let's Play. I already know what the answer that's going to be, but I put it up there anyway because I said I'd put the poll up for that. And uh, then we also have a poll for world book videos, world book, source book, d- d- dimension books, whatever uh, videos. Um, there is the members only live stream on the 28th. So we're going to talk about some of the things that might be going on for next year that Heathen Dog already alluded to right there. And if that Riffs video, if the Riffs source book videos are close, 
we'll talk with the members and see what they prefer. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't care about the rest. <laughs> rest of that stuff doesn't matter. All right, let me full screen this. Let me get ready so I can actually be ready. Oh, wow. This I is know. new. I know, right? <laughs> Preparation. Are you on meth now? <laughs> it is because meth, meth and cocaine have, have an immediate side effect. I, uh, I am German and I am Norwegian. You've answered yes to both those questions. <laughs> All right. So I got that there. Got that there. Ooh, let me full screen this. Shh, it's happening. happening. And clicky. All right, for segment one today, we start our final official series of the Year of Palladium Books, and we end on the monster of a game, the game that is the, the by far, I shouldn't say by far, I don't have access to their business sales, but in my anecdotal understanding, the biggest, most uh, famous uh, Palladium Books game out there, Rifts, and of course, because it is what's out there for sale right now, don't mention the 30-year anniversary. We're doing Rift's Ultimate Edition because it is the current edition of the game that is available that you can buy. And Heathen Dog is going to regale us with all of his Rift's wonderfulness starting about right now. Outstanding. Hello, everyone. Glad you can make it. Today, we're going to talk about Rift's. More specifically, we're going to talk about the background and a little bit and how this, uh, how this game feels, what it looks like, and uh, what it is the hell you're doing if you're a character in this world. What can you expect? A lot. You can expect a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just break it down right now. This world is, uh, is, is a clown show. All right. Every, everything's going on all at once, and uh, survival is really what you're looking for. This is, this is one of the few campaign worlds where being an adventurer increases your odds of survival. You actually live longer than if you were a farmer. Yeah. Which well, is, there's an exception to that, but you'll talk about that later. Yeah, there's an exception. But for the most part, if, if you have to have superpowers just to, you know, guarantee, well, not guarantee, but to increase your odds of survival tomorrow. If, you, if you're tucked away under that nice umbrella of the bad guys, you're probably pretty They're safe. They're not bad guys. I'm going to get into that, too. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. First, we're going to go. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing. Uh, one of the big differences from the format of this book and the original 1990 whatever version with the with the blind warrior women and the Splugorth uh, slave trader is that this book starts off with the background of the world, whereas the old book, the background of the world was in the middle after character generation. Now, Max and I had a discussion about some people like it that way. And I said, well, some people are also pedophiles. Some some people also, you know, kick dogs for no reason. You know, those people should be ignored, buried under the prison, and left to rot. The so so what, walk... what, we, what we were talking about is we actually had some people, because I think we mentioned something like this on a game we talked about previously, and it blew up our chat a couple of years ago where some people, like, I will never have a book that has character creation before the lore of the game. And then other people like, I will never have a book that has the lore before, how bad, whatever the hell the flip side of that is. Yeah, like, well, like so there are crappy... people of opinions about that. Yeah, Crafty ha is, has a correct opinion. Yeah, How do you make a character if you don't know the world? You could sure. accidentally make a gimp character just because it sounds great, but then, then the world is completely different than what you thought, and your character is trash. 
And you I, start I, I have no opinion on it because I don't care either way. I've got games that have character creation first. I have games that have character creation last. I, yeah. I honestly don't care. The only thing that I care about is don't put the lore sprinkled in so that I have to try to figure out uh, what was that game that you that you hated? Um, Star Trek Adventures. Yes. Don't write the lore into the rules of the game. That's really the right. only thing that I have. Other than that, I don't care. Character creation first, character creation last. Just put it together. Yeah, that, that's 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 the most egregious problem with with some books. World of Darkness did that, too, where where they would sprinkle in the lore throughout the book. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Come on. But putting lore in the middle. No, wrong. wrong See, plan. We've this already one, got people in chat with opinions about this. This one right here. Lore in front. It's great. As a matter of fact, we can start at PDF page 10. 10. All uh, right. PDF search page 10. That's not so right here. Right here, the setting. Yep, the setting. Okay, so two. And I'm not going to read it word for word. I'm going to use it as a guideline. But I'm gotcha. going to talk about what happened, a little bit about why it happened. But if you want to know exactly how the rifts happened, it's all spelled out in the background of Chaos Earth. Get Chaos Earth or uh, search our search our YouTube after we're done here. Come calm down now. Search our <laughs> YouTube channel for uh, the the Chaos Earth background I did a few years ago and you'll have all the answers you need to exactly what happened this one it, people don't know most people don't know what happened because it's several generations removed and it was the it was the apocalypse so you know we we, we don't have a an Anne Frank diary equivalent to go off of here okay so <laughs> no Rosetta Stone yeah we don't have that so here we go picture 100 years in the future this is what the future looks like let me paint this picture for you all right. We have the golden age of humanity. We are decades away from faster than light travel. Most countries are first world countries. There's still some second, third, a couple, you know, Burma or Myanmar or whatever. They haven't really gotten their act together. But most countries, the, the standard of living is high enough to where they can be considered a first world country. Technology, nanotech, we have all of it. Uh, Ultra small, ultra dense batteries, fusion energy generation, the, the, the climate's getting better, burning almost no fossil fuels. It's great. We have, uh, uh, we have uh, uh, juicer augmentation and mom implants, which Ooh. are you know brain, brain implants to, to increase the human machine, to increase the, the ability of the human machine. This is all new. This is all just coming online. And there's been peace. For at we least shall have years. peace. Exactly. Everyone is jumping on the technology bandwagon. And instead of fighting each other, it's a it's a technology race. Whereas, you know, the US and the USSR had a space race. Now every country has a tech race. Who can who can do the most genetic modifications without without turn, exploding people or turning them into jellyfish? Who can who can uh, expand uh, human intellect to, to, to the point where you don't create a a, a despot overlord, but you do create a superior species. Everyone, almost, okay, not everyone, but almost, <laughs> almost everyone who grew up in a first world country at the end of this time is genetically engineered to some point. Woo so Eugenics for the win. A, yeah. In, instead of a straight 3d6 down, down the line, you get a plus four here, uh, plus D four here, plus D six here, plus two here, plus one there. If there's any Palladium game where having a low attribute doesn't matter, 
It's this one because I think definitely rips. Yeah, we're gonna get to that later. Every on, single not, not attribute today. can be increased at some point by some exactly class. Right. Yeah. So the world is looking great. It's looking beautiful. And then came the death knell, the introduction of mega damage. And a lot of people who hate on riffs, the main reason is mega damage. This we, we're not moving yet. This is the, oh, that's you're eating it word for word. I'm just scrolling yeah, down. Scrolling. So mega damage happened. The first thing they did, oh, we'll make, we'll make glitter boys. Samus. You might recognize that, but gl glitter boys are the are a, a giant power armor. And uh, they have a reflective coating, which they only take half damage from lasers. And they have MDC structure along with giant MDC weapons, the boom gun. It's it's fantastic. Now, uh, North America created a, a coalition of countries, very much like NATO from the Cold War. Now it's it's a North American version of NATO. And one of one of the countries had a problem with a non-signatory country in you know invading their 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 territory. So the uh, the North American version of uh, of NATO, which was called NEMA, lent out a dozen or so glitter boys for defense purposes only. Okay, defense purposes only. Well, then this this country attacked, and the the country we loaned the glitter boys to defended fantastically. The it would the 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 army was routed, but the signatory country did not stop there they went and followed the retreating forces back into the into the aggressor's country and caused havoc tens of thousands of of lives just snuffed out billions in infrastructure damage and they lost a single glitter boy before really they before actually the lost one laid in ruin what's that they actually lost one they actually lost one it probably was probably pile error yeah, you know, some new like ah, throw the suit on the kid over there. Let's see how he does. Exactly right. <laughs> so it, 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 that's what happened. You know, whatever. But this this caused a cascade of uh, of of international problems, very much like the start of World War One. One assassination started the all of these uh, countries, which with uh, non aggression and help treaties, is snowball, 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 boom, World War. And that's what happened here. It ended with a nuke, and that is all we know from this book. After that, the rifts opened up. They're not sure why, but magic came back to the world and came back with a vengeance. This is what nuclear war will do to you people. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, when the magic came back to the world, it, uh, it didn't all come back all at once. It was a cascade effect. It started in South America and went around the world in a few, a few minutes. But... Every time someone died, their PPE, their potential psychic energy, doubled and was absorbed by the ley lines. They became stronger and stronger. So think of a tidal wave that just keeps getting bigger the more people it kills. That's exactly what happened. At the end of these few minutes, from the eruption of the rifts to the world being completely engulfed in giant blue ley line energy, billions of people have died and all of their potential psychic energy was absorbed into the planet. Catastrophe is not a word that is big enough. Armageddon, not enough. Great cataclysm. It's right on the screen. <laughs> Great cataclysm. Again, not enough. Okay. It, it doesn't paint the picture. 
every single person, every single animal that died fueled the fire that kept burning the planet for years. Typhoons, uh, you know, uh, tsunami, uh, earthquakes, all these kept happening over and over and over for weeks, sometimes months at a time. Humanity was all but, you know, well, decimated is only 10% of the population. The first six minutes, half the population died. Three months wow. later, another 80% of what was left was dead. And if that were it, if that were it, I would say, yeah, great cataclysm. Fine. That's not it. Because when the smoke didn't clear, I'm sorry, when, 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 the, when the initial earthquakes and tsunami, whatever, cleared up, Humanity, the ones that were left, looked around and saw demons. There really is no other word that we had in our lexicon at the time to describe anything else. They were demons. Supernatural beings randomly popping in because in the beginning, a rift could form anywhere. Not just at a nexus of two ley lines, but anywhere along the ley line. A random rift could form to this demon realm or that demon realm. It always happened to be demon realms. I found that kind of like stacking the deck, but whatever. And these things we were not prepared for. They threw fireballs. They, they, they melted your eyeballs. They, they, they were, they, they were mega damage creatures because the magic in the world was so strong that even if they were normal, normal creatures like humans from their world, when they come into our world, because they are supernatural, they become this, they become walking, uh, tanks, uh, piloted by honey badgers <laughs> and a honey badger don't don't give a f that's that's how this how this works and they quickly mowed down everything that was put in front of them that is why after the cataclysm happened it was 200 years of the apocalypse 200 years of the new dark ages where humanity was constantly on its heels not able to rest, not able to take a breath because every day was just about survival. Every day was, I need a new place to sleep at night because the demons killed my old one. I need to find food because it's so damn hard to grow things in, a, in an artificial nuclear winter. I need to find some place that, that I can scavenge for clothing because it's been winter time for nine months now. That went on for 200 years. And then humanity finally got its bearings. Finally got enough of itself to secure shelter, secure food and water, and to secure safety. And after that, then civilization was able to start again. This book starts 109 years after that. 109 years after the 200-year Dark Age. So about 309 years, again, strict records are not known about 309 or so years from the cataclysm is where we are now in this book. That's what happened. That is, that is the general background. And then we go into, Oh, I don't know. Aaron Tarn. Okay. Well, before we do that, let's hit some chat. I got a ton started. Oh. All right. Hit it. <laughs> um, a lot of these go back to the beginning where basic rules, character creation, advanced rules, or GM section, if only one book, lore at the end. Okay. And some people are just wrong. I'm sure you like blood sausage too. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
front-loaded because you need to read a ton of shit before making a character is what I like about it. Yes, yes. Knowing the lore will affect your your uh, your OCC choosing or your RCC choosing because knowing knowing the score is going to change your actions moving forward. Hey, I said click. There we go. The chapter order is not an issue. You have a front page list for a reason. Table of contents, yeah. Fair enough. As long as it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Palladium has been, been a little sketchy on their formatting, so, you know. Uh, if character creation is first, doesn't it make it easier to find it in the... Wait, if character creation is first, doesn't it make it easier to find than in the middle? Just skip that chapter when first reading. Okay. The thing is, character creation and Palladium isn't just one chapter. It's like eight or nine chapters. It takes up the full <laughs> half of the book. And I actually like the... the I like the way Rift's Ultimate is put together in this one regard because it talks about all the OCCs, you know, a bunch of other stuff as well, but it talks about all the OCCs kind of up front. So you get what they're about. A general idea of what you're going to be choosing later. Right. Yes. But you don't have the actual step-by-steps of everything until, until, until the you end. Get to the middle. Yeah. yeah. But then again, I like the Free League books, which does it the opposite way of that. So, you know, I'm just a dirty fence sitter on that. Uh, before Chaos Earth, however, you just had... The uh, the Rift's main book. Oh, that's what RMB stands for. Okay. Yeah, Rift's main book. Exactly. And and uh, in the Rift's main book, uh, 1991, 3, 4, something like that, uh, they had the lore in the middle and character creation. All of it. I'm talking all of it. Skills, psionics, magic, all of it front-loaded. So you have your character done before you even know what the world's like. Unacceptable. Squirrel Hermit says, solid lore first, then maybe some light sprinkles throughout. See, as long well, as the sprinkles don't uh, like if it's a paragraph or two. Yeah. But if it's like mixed in with how you shoot somebody. <laughs> like, no. no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, solid lore first. Yep. Get an idea of what you're doing. Everything else comes next. Nerdy Ogre says, what does it matter? It's not like it's a novel. Just go right to the part you think is important first. That's an argument. Uh, I've heard people say that. Nope, it's not a solid argument. It's, it's about as solid as quicksand. Nerdy Ogre, you have to change your life. Trust me, uh, your your life will, will run 87% smoother if you change your opinion on just this one thing. Hey, Heathen Dog, how about this? I covered the books. Oh, Okay, I, I read this when I started because I want to say, look, no, no, no. Start your channel. Do what you want to do on your channel. You're not going to... Yeah. There's no competition here. It's just more stuff for people to look at. So right. by all means, do, I do might what have you want to do. take than you. Yeah. You know, there you and go. Do your thing. Absolutely, do your thing. Do what you want to do and, you know, yeah. we'll shout you out. Uh, handgun versus tank equals SDC versus MDC is how I explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I'm going to do, do next before we get an Aaron turn this MDC SDC thing for, uh, for palladium. Now we're getting into MDC. We have, we we've alluded to it. We, we haven't actually explained it yet. And in riffs, that's one of the most important game changes that we're going to, we're going to encounter right off the bat, switching from SDC to mdc this wasn't the first game to use mdc though not not the first no right. uh robotech did we didn't cover robotech right well you know it's because robotech isn't part of the ip anymore yeah it's okay. not part of the ip anymore and you, you can only get it on ebay and whatever a couple but, more uh, here yeah, there, there are palladium books or were palladium books that used mdc but we we didn't cover them because they're either no longer sold or they're they're no longer part of the palladium ip a couple that just uh, piggyback on that one mega damage yeah, yeah. it is it is, it is completely believable, yeah. So Chill Gamer says, it's not just that the world got wrecked, but it got wrecked in such a hard way that you spent 200 years recovering. It's like the worst bender worst ever. Worst bender ever, exactly right, yes. Worst bender ever. 
and the coalition rose to save humanity. Hallelujah. Indigo Dragon. Hallelujah. By the way, to all the other, um, how shall I say this, discords and whiners out there who are going to get mad because Heathen Dog and some people support the bad guys, get over it. Because yep. you have to look at it from the perspective of the people who just got saved. They might yeah. be from the 10,000 foot view looking down the bad guys, but if you're just a simpleton, if you're just an SDC person like me, and you're just trying to drive your car, go to work, or in this case, survive, get some food for that day, and these Coalition's people come a good in. fucking deal. It's a good yeah. deal. You'll take that deal three times a day. And finally, so Gamer says, Blood Sasha is, is delicious. You're gross, man. <laughs> All, right. All right, so. All right, so we're going to go to SDC, MDC. Yep. And what page is that? No, no, that, we don't have to go oh. to a page. I'm just oh, going to okay. say it. I'll just keep this picture it. on here then. Yeah. SDC is standard damage capacity. MDC is mega damage capacity. Now, before the rifts, we got, well, humanity got some, M, got some MDC, both in weapons and in armor. Now, what this does is one mega damage equals 100 standard damage. Okay. And in some cases, not all, in some cases, 100 standard damage equals one mega damage. There are caveats and addendums to that. It's almost on a case-by-case -case basis. I wish it was more solid, but there are some instances where even 100 SDC still doesn't do mega damage. But one mega damage always equals 100 SDC. That means if you hit someone, a regular Joe like Max down here, you hit him with a laser beam and you roll a 1d4 mega damage and you roll a 1, Max I don't dies. exist anymore. <laughs> he dies. That's it. He's dead. He took 100 damage. That, his SDC plus his hit points is not 100. It's far less than that. You don't know that. I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> he dies. So mega damage was a big deal. That's why those 12 glitter boys basically wrecked a country. They lost one. Still think it's piled error. You know, I, he didn't pop the clutch right or something. I don't know. But he, he tore out the gearbox and had to abandon it. I think that's what happened. Because th this this is a, you know, you know, 12 people in power armor can take over your country. Mega damage is a thing. Now, every single supernatural, almost every single supernatural creature that comes out of a rift is a mega damage structure on your planet now. You're bone. You are bone. In, the, in, in many books, it, uh, it talks about this. A bat, a Louisville slugger. It does say 1d6 plus your plus your strength and SDC. And you are and you are attacking a tank. And you hit the tank. You can hit the tank all day. The only thing you do is scratch the paint. You're never going to do any structural damage to that tank. Ever. AK-47. Wonderful weapon. The Russians love it. And there's a good reason. It'll fire in the mud. It'll fire in sand. It'll fire while wet. Shoot, shoot the tank all day. Go through all the mags you want. Only thing you're going to do, maybe dent it a little bit. And again, scratch the paint. You're not going to do any structural damage to it. You're using an SDC weapon against an, against an MDC object. You lose. I'm going to hide behind this, this reinforced concrete brick wall. Reinforced concrete's nice. It's got great tensile strength, good longevity. One mega damage, cut through it like butter. You got a big hole in it. There's actually a good example in the Rifts book about what happens when a mega damage weapon hits an SDC, say like skyscraper. It doesn't just melt it away and make it no, fall. No, it's a hole. It's a hole. Yeah. 
But it's definitely it's a hole that goes through it, the building after the it, the building behind it, <laughs> the building behind it until it runs through all of its converted yeah. SDC damage. So you know, if, if 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 I shot a laser and I did four MDC, that's four hundred SDC. It will con- that laser blast will continue through all SDC obstacles until it runs out of of damage, which usually means throughout the entire building and then the building behind that drywall has very little SDC. Who knew, right? So yeah, it's going to burn through an entire building. It's not going to cause the building to collapse unless it's a plasma bolt. Then that's an actual explosion as well. So it, it may cause severe structural damage at that point, but your normal lasers, pew, pew lasers, they just shoot through. That's fine. It's fine. But you are going to go, go through that. That's not hard cover. That's soft cover. So that's SDC and MDC. Now you're in a world where MDC weapons are controlled by military and paramilitary organizations only very, very few comparatively on the planet per person. And then the population of the world triples all of it with, with MDC monsters that want to eat your face. You lose. And that's exactly what happened. They lost consecutively for 200 years. So we go to the recollections of Aaron Tarn. Aaron Tarn is a, uh, what is she, rogue, rogue, rogue scholar? Yeah, she, she's a rogue scholar and she has traveled the world with her, with her cyber knight companion, constantly friend zoned, I think. Just for friend zoned to hell. He's never getting any. <laughs> wow. And, and she has, she has marked the changes of the world based on the old records she has already uncovered. And, if you want to go through this, you you can. I'm going to touch on some of it. All right. So uh, she goes through here. Uh, she's written 72 books and 31 video discs. All of them are illegal in the in the CS because she is uh, she's evil and she wants to destroy your way of life. Humans first. <laughs> uh, she what, talks what, about so what, what propaganda does she have? have? What's that? What what propaganda does she have that that? Uh... That, that instills that kind of a uh, reaction. Oh, uh, it's actual facts. Okay. So it's, 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 it's really hard to fight actual facts on, unless you're a woman or a, or an, or an authoritative regime, which is the, which is what the CS is. So, uh, the, the first little bit is everything I've already said. Then there was the coming of the rifts. We already did that. And then we move on to uh, Aaron Tarn, criminal or historic visionary. According to the CS, she's a criminal. According to other factions who have embraced magic and, and humanity, she Ooh. is a historic visionary. And there's a lot of uh, NPCs talking to each other. And then we get, get to the world overview. Which is right there you go. The world overview. And we we look at our world circa 105 PA, post-apocalypse. That's when, that's 200 years ago, was the end of the of the Dark Ages. That's where the new new calendar starts. 109, the right? New dark, the end of the new Dark Ages, year one. 109, right? 109 now. Yeah. Okay, so what Aaron did, she went all across the world to see what the world was like now. Because people in North America only knew you know, what their neighbor was doing, you know, a hundred miles away, even may as well be on the moon. There's no communications. All those lines have been long dead and radio communications are line of sight only because all the satellites are either dead or non-responsive. And there is no infrastructure for, you know, even underground fiber optic cables. None of that exists. So it's line of sight. And usually 
that long range type uh type of radio communications is only 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 ha- is only had by military and paramilitary organizations. So your normal person doesn't have a telephone. You just can't call someone in the next town. You got to ride a bike or a horse or a car or uh, probably a dune buggy, but whatever. <laughs> well, there so, are many uh, dune buggies actually in the world, but I know there are some. I'm just saying there aren't that many. Yeah, well, you can find them. Yeah. But uh, so you don't know what's going on in the next town over, let alone a continent over. But Aaron Tarn decided to fix that. So she decided to move on. So we'll start in Europe. If we go down to uh, uh, book page 16, underneath Distant Land starts in England. England is an enchanting place with forests and fairies, flowing grassy hills, and ocean winds. Herbology is a mystic art, and druids have returned to nurture the land and guide the people. One of the most memorable experiences of my life, this is her talking, will be the majesty of the millennium tree. Imagine a giant oak tree as tall as a mountain, its leaves the size of blankets. People actually live within its bows, and fairies flitter among the highest branches. We spent three days under its comforting shadow where I had wonderful dreams and was at peace and worry-free. Okay, so what we're going to see as a theme is that most countries have gone back to their um, mythical roots. Because as we find out, myth, 99 times out of 10 in this world, has a basis in actual fact. Can I ask ask you a controversial question? What's that? What do you say to the people that, because I like the way you presented that right there, goes back to its mythical roots. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to the people that uh, look at these source books, these world books and say, oh my God, you're stereotyping people and these books are bad because uh, you're, you're appropriating culture. And I hate using those terms, but that's exactly yeah. what I've been reading. Actually, if you use appropriating culture again, I'm going to meet you. But uh, that was, that was but uh, each region of this planet has its own folklore, has its own religion, has its own myths about creation. They're, they all happen to be similar, but they all aren't the same. They rhyme. England, Scotland, Ireland, they have similar backgrounds. Not the same, but they rhyme. Southeast Asia, Central Asia, different. Japan, different. Similar, but different. And what turns out is when magic returns to the world, all of these regional folklores end up being based in fact. It's just so so whether it's whether it's England, Germany, yes. Australia, because I know that one gets people's panties in a bunch. Gargoyles are everywhere uh, in Germany. They, they love it. They love it. Uh, you know, Japan, China, all, all these places. It doesn't matter. No one was singled out nope. as being beneath contempt or whatever nonsense because i got this segment one i've got to avoid the words i want to use no no Uh, just think of it this way everyone was right it's not that my folklore is better than yours no everyone was right oni in 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 china they exist now fairies in england they exist everyone was right what are you bitching about there's nothing Nobody's right. I mean, I mean, nobody's wrong because everyone was right. Every, everyone wins in the way that they lose. Because supernatural threats, like I said, for 200 years had regular humanity on the ropes. So everyone was right and they all lost. <laughs> so there you go. So England uh, is, is steeped in its, uh, its local, its, its, its legends and folklore is now come to life. So druids are back. Fairies are back. Uh, Bogarts, st- stuff like that. Uh, they're they're all they're all back now. Dragons, 
real. They're back. Excalibur's running around somewhere. You'll find that in, in world or source books, but it's there. So that that's England. It's, it's highly, highly magical. People had to adapt in different ways. In North America, we, we doubled down on technology. In England, magic was so abundant and ley lines were so much everywhere. Technology was not worth it. It wasn't worth hanging on to. They embraced the magic and they, and they, they found a way to not only live in the in the in, in this mystical island that they find themselves in but thrive in some places that's england let's take a look at other places uh the new german republic the ngr home to the arms manufacturer triax is a wonder of technology and a bastion of culture and civility the people are amazingly cheerful and full of enthusiasm for life I say amazing because they're quite literally surrounded by an ocean of monsters, gargoyles <laughs> and the wingless gurgoyles, as well as broodkill, all these things, or broodkill or whatever you call them, and other monsters have gathered by the millions to claim Germany for their own. But Germans are tough. Germans say nine. Nine. And you don't get it. So they double down, unlike un, unlike in England, just like the just like the North America, they double down on technology, and they're actually better at it at weapons and armor technology than 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 the coalition states in the in North America. They have better weapons because they are constantly assailed on all sides by supernatural threat all the time, and they ended up protecting their people and creating a thriving nation where people are happy. That's a damn achievement in and of itself and they 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 did they did amazing things it's not the germans of old poland to the east is even in worse shape while germany like the cs has humanity safely tucked away in great fortress cities poland is a land of feudal kingdoms where technology and magic push back the disorganized bands of brutkill and gargoyles that threaten their lands the Brutkill, I'm just going to keep doing that. That's the thing I'm doing now. Following the lead of the gargoyles in Germany have dubbed themselves the Brutkill Empire. Fortunately for the humans and DBs of Poland, they are a disorganized rabble. So Poland doesn't really have its act together. It's It's got a feudal system going on, and they're not as uh, harmonized as uh, the NGR and the CS. Fine. Okay, but they're still kicking. They're still fighting. They don't have the safety, but they have the tenacity. Good for them. France. Hopefully they all burned to death. Let's find out. We wow. did not visit France. Good. We are told it is a hostile wilderness and domain of necromancers, witches, and blood druids. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds 100% right. Uh, although it was not planned, we found ourselves magically whisked to Russia, land of cyborgs, gypsies, magic, demons, and self-proclaimed warlords of Russia. It's the, only, it's the I... only world book I have. Bob okay. gave it to me many, many years ago because he's like, you speak Russian, here you go. I'm like, all right. There you go. Never have I ever, put a finger down, seen a cyborgs like these. War machines with sides and rail guns and treads and demonic visages that make a person step back and gasp. Well, that's the point. Fight fear with fear. Some of these Borgs were as frightening as the demons they battle, and I was surprised at how cheerfully these warriors give up their humanity to become constructs of steel. No, you shouldn't be surprised because it's always very cold in Russia. <laughs> be becoming a Borg is is, uh, is 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 satisfying the need to not only get revenge, which Russians are really good at, but also to protect their families from the cold, dark nights of the Russian landscape. That is not a hard decision. 
That's an easy decision. And then we move to China. Can happily report, I've never been to China. Well, okay. I can pass along what we heard. China, as they claim, has become hell on earth. Not just hell, but 12 or 13 of them. Demonic gods known as the Yama Kings have, via the rifts, linked their domains of hell to our natural world and claim large sections of China and humanity for themselves. We are told the Yama Kings squibble and battle among themselves in a bid to become the one true lord of hell and earth. Although I find this impossible to believe, well, you, you don't have a big enough imagination, everyone, <laughs> the last man, woman, and priest, and warlord insisted it was true. The exact goings-on are a mystery because China is shrouded in a perpetual white mist, and one must brave the mist to enter entry into China. It's and Ravenloft. Of hell. But, <laughs> yeah, basically it's Ravenloft. Yeah, just, just think of China as Ravenloft. You don't want to go there. Leave it alone. Hopefully it goes away. If not, well, that's plan B. We'll stick with plan A for now. <laughs> India. I've heard the domain of warring gods and the forces of good and evil. We mortals are pawns and soldiers in their battle. That is, again, Indian folklore. The, the whole Brahma of the whole thing where Shiva, where, Vishnu, you, yep. Yeah, Vishnu and, and, and Marta and all that stuff, you know, uh, gods of light, gods of darkness. They use they use people as cannon fodder or tools in their in their large machinations to to take over the, the pantheon and all of India. It's it's a thing. Uh, myth myths come to life. The rest of Southeast Asia is said to be mostly wilderness and monsters, though we have heard stories suggest there's at least one major technological kingdom, as well as a handful of tiny kingdoms and possibly a few wandering tribes. I've also reason to believe that the, the Harun pirates have a, have a base camp or an actual city hidden somewhere in this faraway land. Uh, Southeast Asia, this you're talking like Vietnam, Korea, uh, Laos, you know, stuff like that. And, and the, the smattering of islands around the area. It's mostly devoid of humanity because when when the rifts happened, typhoons and 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 tsunamis were already a big thing there. And now they're like 10 times the thing there and they all died. Like 99% of the people in Southeast Asia just died from storms and, and tsunami. That's it. They just died. So there wasn't a whole lot of people left to repopulate. Australia. This is the book that makes everybody feel ways about things. Exactly. It's said to be a shattered land where humans in the outback live like savages and the two tech kingdoms shut themselves off from the rest of the world. Okay. Savages is a, is a term in this instance I don't want to use because Aborigines in Australia have lived harmoniously with the land for hundreds of years and survived in a place that is born to kill humans. Nine out of the out of the ten, you know, most dangerous animals in the world come from Australia, and and they they live, you know. So Aborigines survived the rifts and found a new harmony with the land. And uh, two two technological areas also survived, and they just walled themselves up and said, "F that! Uh, everything out there wants to kill us. Some more, we'll just we'll just build walls everywhere, and that'll be it." It's a way to go. Africa is a land of contrast on almost every level. Parts of it are desert and sand. Other parts are lush forest and jungle. Elsewhere are vast open grasslands and beyond them mountains or patches of scrub. Africa's big. It's got a lot of ecosystems just like now. Only these are amplified because of magic. DBs differ a uh, different form than we have in North America, share the vast continent with native humans. Although there are a few kingdoms and some technology, most people, human and DB, have returned to tribal ways and magic. 
Here again, we see contrast in the lives of the people where poverty and hardship are common, yet the people all seem happy and appreciative of each other and have and the little that they do have. In the north, which we avoided, a tyrant dragon king rules and the Egyptian gods of darkness are said to walk the earth. The Splugorth slavers, Splugorth are uh, artificial, are not, but uh, alien intelligences, so you don't mess with them. And Haroon pirates also raid the coastlands of Africa as they do on our own. Slave trade is still real in Africa, but now there's aliens doing it. Okay, someone else to blame. That's good. <laughs> Atlantis, guess who came back? Guess who came back for dinner? When the magic levels rose high enough, Atlantis came back. Now, it, it didn't sink to the bottom of the ocean like everyone thought. It was actually caught in a, in a different dimension. And when magic came back, the link was reestablished to Earth and poof, Atlantis came back. But all the people were dead. And it was pop. It was populated now by monsters. So that's bad. Because Atlantis has some really powerful ley lines. Uh, South America. Oh. This is bad. Also known as the land of a thousand islands. Why? Because after the cataclysm, South America basically, you know, broke apart and never came back together. And, and that world book is due out soon. That world book is due out. Yes. Uh, is the mystery to us in North America cut off by the vampire kingdoms of Mexico? Oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. The only way to reach the continent is either brave the shadow lands of Mexico. Don't do that. And pray you don't get caught. You will get caught. Or travel by sea, which is just as dangerous because, you know, there's a lot. The, oh, we don't, we have a Bermuda Triangle, right? No, we got like eight of them now. It's not good. And they're all real. You sail in, you don't sail out. Sea monsters? There be dragons here? There are. Leviathan? Oh, funny well, to story. To be fair, there are dragons everywhere in rifts. Yeah. Leviathan, funny story? Nah. His name's Stan. He eats boats. He likes it. Only a few pockets of human civilization remain, most notably in the old territory of Argentina. Brazil is all forest and primitive tribes. Argentina offers several cities and a handful of rival kingdoms. Glitter boys, juicers, crazies, and 20th century tech, 21st century technology now are present and used in war and defense. There is a kingdom of dragons, a kingdom of lizardmen, numerous tribes that include feline mutants and jaguar people. Strange magics are afoot, and the region is alien and hostile for humans. Outer space. Don't know anything about it. <laughs> don't know anything well, about it. Wait a minute. Then what is mutants in orbit? Uh, mutants in orbit is technically a different universe. Okay. Where where, where the Earth uh, killed itself through nuclear war, I believe. I mean, I know I know the TMNT side of it, but I but the but mutants in orbit is also half rifts. There there are there are choices you can make when you're running a rifts campaign. Does mutants in orbit exist? And it is you know in the atmosphere is is the reason why we can't get to space and things from space can't get down is it because of killer satellites that are that can't be reprogrammed that just kill everything that try to leave or is it uh all the debris from destroyed satellites orbiting the earth that anything that tries to enter or leave the atmosphere just gets shredded by you know micro missiles that are traveling at ten thousand miles an hour it's uh, it's up to the game master but space is out of bounds that solves everything saying wrong about something. Okay, he can say wrong all he wants until he says something besides that. I don't know what the hell he's talking uh, about. Well, let, let's hit some star chat before we hit America. All right, let's go. All right, first one. I said first one. 
There we go. I agree. Custom terminology unique to the game. Once or twice, okay. A whole lexicon will turn away new players. This is people talking about MDC, SDC, AR, you know, all, all those acronyms popping up everywhere. Yep. It, it's but, one of the reasons why, um, if you guys watch the Friday Night Chill stream, I have a game called Shard RPG that I couldn't get into Shard RPG because the intro story to the game is all weird, fictitious, made-up language stuff. And I'm like, I can't keep all that in my noggin. Mm. One or two words is fine, but when everything is some sort of weird, fictitious, made-up language, uh, you lose me. Right. Uh, now, the the uh, cool thing about Rifts is that AR is basically gone. It exists in one little subset of an OCC. I just threw that out as an example of all the uh, of all the acronyms that are. Yeah, yeah, but like the uh, MDC is the only one you really care about. MDC and SDC, those are the two you care about. There's no armor rating, no natural armor. No, none of that matters anymore when mdc comes out it just shreds through everything so they stopped it all right what's next give me one second hold on okay and now boom um will mdc tech weapons hurt supernatural creatures in an sdc world they'll obliterate them oh they'll just destroy them in an, in an sdc world yeah oh yeah you know a, a, a glitter boy could take a dragon in a low magic environment one glitter boy could take a dragon in a low in a low magic environment because he's doing mdc damage whatever damage he does uh, what is it 3d6 times 10 for for one boom gum shot that's 3d6 times a thousand i don't that, have that this one can kill an adult dragon in one hit it can i don't have this one starred but i already kind of know what your answer is going to be so let's knock it out quickly okay cyber knights have cyber ar yeah, and that MDC. Is the one subset i was talking about the one occ in the main book that has an AR rating because they have some armor grafted to their skin and they are allowed to wear actual armor over that. So it's an extra layer of protection. But for the most part, if you're not wearing MDC, I'm not gonna say for the most part, if you're not wearing MDC armor, you're dead. In yes. Yes. It's just that simple. Yeah, um, so anyway, back to this. Uh, Aaron Tarn is the is Emperor Prozac's mom. Convince, mom, convince me, I'm, me wrong. I'm wrong. You can't. They, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it it doesn't say yes or no. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> but, you know. Isn't most of the population illiterate? Yes. Most of the population is illiterate because there was 200 years of dark ages and 100 years of authoritarian regime where they don't want the average citizen to be able to read and write. Because when people start reading and writing, they start getting ideas and that's not safe. Hey, RPG. Oh, that's me. Uh, I forgot that I changed my name to that just to fuck around. <laughs> hey, if there can be RPG snob and RPG elite, I get to be RPG authority. Fair enough. I, I need to put my name back to normal, though. Uh, RPG authority in chat. How about I put a short list of books I have in Discord and see what people are interested in? That's always a good idea. If you want to throw always it in our Discord, go, go ahead. But yep. don't feel any sort of competition with us or anything like that. If you want to start doing videos, you got to start somewhere. Start wherever, wherever you feel is right for you. Okay, uh, I, I just saw something heinous in chat that i have to put up okay a glitter boy in sdc realm becomes sdc no no flat out no it's technology it is not it is not changed by the level of magic at all it is an mdc in any world it goes to it's mdc he says conversion book one disagrees with that then i don't know wrong because i got the conversion i got conversion book right here 
And uh, no, MDC is MDC. Um, unless it's powered by magic. If it's a, uh, if, if it's a uh, techno, if it's techno magic, then sure. If it's magic, then sure. The level of yep. magic in the world will make it SDC or NDC, but uh, a boom gun in Palladium Fantasy is the same boom gun that's in Rifts. But you convert it to SDC damage. You times it by 100. So it does 3d6 times 1,000 damage. That's all. It's still mega damage. I mean, you still treat it as mega damage. It's going to shred through any standard damage structure. Like, like it was tissue paper. So it's the same effect. I'll let chat keep this. I don't know enough. So it's a, again, that's pedantic. That's, that's, that's pedantry guys. You're yeah. being very pedantic about yeah. that. Um, I mean, I mean, I get it. And nerds will be nerds and they'll always be pedantic, but ultimately. Yeah. 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 So like, like I said, pedophiles, people who like blood sausage and apparently may just trigger. They're just all wrong. They're just wrong people. All right. Under, underpants noobs exist. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Don't... Yes. I'm sure you'll be able to find in one of the source books, something like underpants notes. Uh, I have the Australia book, but never got around to reading more than a bit of it. Mostly just came off as Mad Max or Redux. Uh, uh, as if, if you're around the the technological mechas, the the uh, two technological mechas, then then yeah, yeah, it's a little like Mad Max. But uh, if you're in if you're in the the other parts where where you know Aborigines have have learned to use magic and and live with the live you know with the world instead of against it, then it's going to feel a lot different. Yeah, the, the, this is the book that when I go to forums or when I go to discords or when I go to other places to do a little bit of riffs research, like uh, when I'm making a character or something, this is the book that gets blasted the by far, in my experience, the most. Um, because apparently everything in it is racist, sexist, nonsense, whatever. It, I, I, whatever I find this really... bullshit, but uh, segment one, sorry. Um, yeah, what's next? Uh, Rifts is about, is <laughs> Rifts is all about the stereotypes taken to not eleven, more like three thousand two hundred thirty-four. Well. It... I like what Heathen Dog said. Not it's the myth. It's not stereotype. It's it's taking ancient myth and folklore and making them real. And it's all regional. The thing is, it, it's a stereotype for a reason. You know, old people, you don't want to get behind them when you're going through a metal detector. They're going to take too long. They have hidden metal all over their body. Is that is that racial pro? Is that ageism? No, it's fact. My mom, she she's had enough breaks by this point. She she's basically half Wolverine. I don't want to be behind my mom. It's partial conversion board. It'll take a half hour. No, I'm going another line. All right. So that's just the way it is. Recommend any rift like movies? If there are any movies. Um. I mean, Rifts is so vast. I don't think there is anything that. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a riff like movie. I mean, there's plenty of apocalypse movies, but none of them are apocalypse transition into magic that I can think of off the top of my head. I'll have to. I, I might look into that later. I might have to get back to you on that. Sounds like Australia to me. Savages work fine if they aren't sleeping, they're drinking, shooting things. That wasn't the part where he said the word savage, though. Yeah, that's not what I was talking about with the savage thing. But I, I, I get where you're going. Uh, Australia said literally nothing happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> to an outside observer, maybe not. It, it, it looks a little different, but uh, it's still trying to kill you. Carl Prosek did nothing Carl wrong. Prosek did nothing wrong. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, I've never heard anybody say anything about Australia. Africa, on the other hand, haven't heard anybody say anything good. That's the other one that does pop up. 
Well, but, uh, yeah, in in the Africa World Book, you have the you have the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Africa, which is a bad time. But we're not going to get into that. This is the main book. We're not going to get into that right now. Couple more. Uh, biggest monster in the world is the ocean. The Watcher in the Deep. Its tentacles literally circumnavigate the planet. Sucks. Is yeah, that true. The water not not safe. Just just think that five feet under the surface, everywhere is Jaws. In your body, uh, right. Big Bob. There is an episode of the first season of Stargate SG-1 that they are trying to get removed. It's the one where they go to the quote-unquote Mongol Empire, uh, the one that, uh, yeah, they're, they've, I forget the name of it. Um, oh, I yes, remember that one. They're trying, it's the one that uh, the, the lady who plays Samantha Carter, I forget her name, uh, she also hates that episode. Uh, but yeah, they, they're trying to get that removed just like they got uh, the blackface removed from community. Oh, no, Drowface, not Blackface, Drowface. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. Legion of Myth, Mutants in Orbit is Half Rifts. It's the Orbital Space Sourcebook. Space Sourcebook has the strongest Glitter Boy, Mark. Well, eh, eh, okay. Japan, eh, Japan's got some strong Glitter Boy variants with 800 NBC body, uh, uh, body armor and 46 times 10 particle cannon. Okay. I mean, I, Again, I don't pay attention. I'm not a Rifts guy. I don't care okay, about Rifts. In, in the book, it gives you a choice. It gives you a choice. You can make it part of Rift's Earth, or you can make it part of a variant of an alternate dimension. You can. You can. The only 100% other book that that is that is Palladium Rift's Earth proper is Chaos Earth. Beyond the Supernatural is 99.9% likely to be Rift's Earth according to itself according to the, to the preface and it's in the book and that's that that's kevin sambita wrote that 99.9 to give the gm a little wiggle room but in chaos earth it is 100 riffs earth that's the only one that is 100 riffs earth everything else gives gives the gm some wiggle room uh mutants in orbit uh, is riffs canon per world book six south america okay if world book six south america says that it is 100 percent then it is but i i don't think i have south america this, this because, one because you know i never got past mexico obviously this, this one's toward me so first of all fuck off and secondly i don't know enough you've been reviewing the stuff all year i don't play riffs you want to talk do you want to talk after the bomb we can talk after the bomb all day tmnt tmnt other strangers we could talk about the weasel and how they changed it <laughs> we no i don't do riffs i don't know I have one world book that somebody gave me of the Rifter nine and a half because it's the only right one to have. I have the ultimate book because I was writing some stuff that I wanted to pull information out of. Otherwise, I wouldn't even have that one. I'm not a Rifts guy, although I will admit that uh, in the last couple of months, I've been I've been softening my stance on Rifts. But uh, I, I don't know shit about Rifts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. Oop, I can't get that off the screen now. So let's... Uh, let's just put this one up there i don't know means okay. both search book after the bomb and riffs they share the same bits for a lot yeah i, I only got it for tmnt <laughs> so like all right there we go okay where are we oh american homeland now it starts american off homeland. with the word savage yep savage wilderness there's nothing wrong with the word savage nothing wrong with it it just means it's very harsh you're not gonna like it I want to spend some words on the subject of the wilderness because our wildlands cover 90% of the continent. I imagine the word wilderness would mean something very different to the people of the Earth's Golden Age before the cataclysm. Yeah, mostly would just be parks. 
For them, wilderness was a parkland. Oh, yes. Yeah, set aside for vacations and zoological study, nature preserves, blah, blah. But now it's like untamed wilderness. It is it is like Pony Express time now, wilderness, where your mail may may get there, may not, could be intercepted by by some dimensional beings that don't like mail. I don't know. It's, it's, it is literal, you know, fog of war type stuff. One other, uh, one other thing I, I want to put out there for folks what, what you're looking forward here is we're covering the Rift's Ultimate book. If something in a in a source book after this book comes out and corrects something, to be honest with you, we're going with what this book says for now. Right. As we plan on possibly maybe covering the source books and those things get retconned, cool. I'm not saying right. that the, any of this has happened in this episode. I'm just saying... Uh, we're going to go with what this book presents and we're not worrying about the source books. Okay. I'm at, uh, I'm adding a I, little bit. I, I know you are that, which is yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, what, what happened, what happened to North America is that after all the destruction, nature came back with a vengeance, absorbed the cities over the, over the course of 200 years, all the cities that were abandoned, except for the ones that are really bad, like St. Louis. You don't want to go there, by the way, don't go to St. Louis. But uh, all of the all of the mid, uh, you know, the middle of the country type uh, type states, they were all reclaimed by vast wilderness. The the landscape has changed. Um, uh, supernatural creatures have made their lives there who were who rifted here and can't get back home. They, they made their lives there and they have their own communities and societies and stuff. And we just don't know anything about it because no one there survived. So it is, it is a fog of war wilderness down there. Uh, here in North America, we've seen a technological renaissance that has given birth to several new kingdoms, city states, and dozens upon dozens of new towns and villages. A few of the largest even stand at the threshold of becoming true nations. Yet, for all their size and apparent power, the cities and towns of these fledgling nations are more akin to an oasis in a savage land than a dominating force. Yes, that is absolutely true. In North America, it is you, you, you can consider the, the technological meccas. All of the coalition states, uh, New Laszlo, uh, have, they, they, they use uh, technomancy a lot there. Um, and, and all of the other places, feudal kingdoms that have popped up that are high tech, you can consider them islands in a sea of unknown wilderness. Specs on a map of there be dragons here. There is no cohesion beyond the there's no logical cohesion beyond the the coalition states in north america well in america I, they, they got some crap in canada going on but it's canada whatever no matter how large or powerful the kingdom it is surrounded by an unpredictable and unrelenting wilderness travelers must go from one oasis civilization to the next the nearest farm trading post or town may be a few miles down the road or several hundred miles of hostile wilderness under the best conditions a journey may be marked by a dirt road or footpath that's barely recognizable as a trail under the worst there's no trail at all that's because people who go to other cities mostly just die so the trail is not well worn because no one comes back. So I was responding to some Discord going. stuff. Uh, what page are you on? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on uh, page 18. Okay, so you're still up here. Oh, wait, this 18. Yeah, right there. Got it. So a, a dozen miles 
of like, let's say, you know, 12 miles away from here is Canada. And right now I can pass that border whenever I want to. I got a passport. I'm good to go. In this future, that dozen miles may be, may be the same as traveling a couple hundred. It's that treacherous. And you have to plan that far ahead because anything could happen. And you're probably not going to make it. Because, you know, supernatural demons. Especially in the, in the, in the Detroit and Windsor area. Uh, plant life could even attack you. That's what happens. Uh, Eastern woods stretch from Virginia north into Canada and west to the Allegheny mountains or what is known as the Eastern wall with a break. There are home to tribes of barbarians, wild side stalkers, Shumerian warriors, fairies, and minions of Splugorth. You don't want to deal with Splugorth. The Southeast is known as dinosaur swamp for a reason and is inhabited by guess what? dinosaurs a lot of people who want books for that area yeah barbarian tribes mutants and alien plant life the northern woods of canada michigan and our midwest the woodlands are less dense and broken by meadows lakes and rivers here is the domain of the fury beetle the the exidics the loop garu oh my god no the zidics have been defeated the coalition's up shut up nope sorry at this point when the book when the book is written the zidics are still in my freaking hometown they are they are the <laughs> their precursor to the end of the world. In the magic zone between the eastern wall and the Mississippi River are more woodlands, lakes, meadows, but they're also ley lines and rifts. The magic of the lines lures creatures of magic as well as mortal practitioners of magic to its embrace. Here there be dragons and a very variety of exotic beings not found in other lands. They include horrid necrofim, dark hounds, sun demons, amorph dragon apes, demon dragon mages, lanatar hunters, side goblins, and shape-changing zenith moon warpers. Jesus Christ, man. It's a hellhole. See World Book 12, Psyscape, for the descriptions of many of these beings. Jesus. In the grassy plains of the west and northwest, roam tribes of Simvan, they're like lizard men, monster riders, herds of dinosaurs, worm wraiths, devil unicorn, that doesn't sound great, giant canyon worms, doesn't sound great either, Panthera pteranons, I got nothing. Rhino buffalo, that's nightmare fuel, and many other beasts and monsters. The Midwest is a blend of woods, meadows, grassy plains, farmlands, lakes, and rivers. Bruthkill, witchlings, black fairies, gargoyles, neuron beasts—they're not—they're not cool. Exidics, rhino buffalo, ostrosauruses, and fury beetles are among the most troublesome monsters in the Midwest, which is also home to tribes of wild side stalkers. One of the disadvantages of being centrally located is that all manner of DBs and monsters may pass through or wander over from west to north, south to east, whatever. So we see the occasional demon dragon maze, Zenith Moon Warper, Lanatar, Werebeast, and others. Great. I'm on the highway of supernatural nastiness. The Southwest has many of the same dinosaurs and monsters of the West roaming the grasslands and thin forests, as well as terror and vampires from the South. Vampires. Oh my God. Beyond the Rocky Mountains also known as the Forbidden Barrier and Sharp Cliffs. Who knows? Tales speak of alien jungle, weird lands, but have never been beyond the mountains. We know the Forbidden Barrier is home to Leatherwing, Griffins, Dragons, Phantasms, Mountain Giants, and Ogres, but there are tales that hint of other dangers and creatures. Uh, A lot of it is necromancers and stuff. It's not great. Uh, I've had city folk question how it can be with all these fabled towns, tribes, clans, DBs, and monsters they hear about that one doesn't stumble over one hiding behind every tree. It doesn't work that way. 
The wildlife hides from intruders just like us. Venus and animals run to avoid being hunted, and the predators watch for a nervous distance at least until they're ready to strike. People here, there may be hundreds, thousands, or even tens of thousands of particular species, but they forget that number is spread across vast expanses of empty wilderness. Think of Wyoming. Least populated uh, state. Yeah, it's the least populated state, but it depends on where you are. If you're if you're in the capital, oh, there's like a million people around you. But if you're in the middle of the state, there's not another person for 10 miles. So if you average it out, there's a person for every like mile. So think of it that way. All these supernatural monsters are averaged out. There's one every mile or two. And half of them don't even want to mess with you. So you're not going to hit them all the time. But I do want, the next thing I want to touch on is Mexico. Where is Mexico? Mexico. Not Mexico. dragons and demons and fairies? No, not not Laszlo, <laughs> not all that stuff. Don't care about that. CS are the good guys. If, if, you want to, if you want to learn about the evil of Laszlo, then you can read the book on your own. Uh, where is, Mexico, here we go. Page 23. But there's a lot a lot of lore when it comes to this. So yeah, we have to skip some of it. Yeah. So Mexico. Now vampires in Palladium are no joke. They're super hard to kill. Harder to even make them stay dead. And once there's enough vampires, the vampire intelligence can come to this planet and they are cousins of alien intelligences. And I've told you before and beyond the supernatural, you don't want to mess with alien intelligences. They win. They have tens of thousands of MDC. They have like 18 actions per round. 20 of them are magic. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's lunacy. You don't want to mess with one. You're going to die. And there are at least a half dozen alien, I'm uh, sorry, vampire intelligences in Mexico right now. Thousands upon thousands of vampires. Though I have never set foot more than a few miles beyond the Rio Grande, I've heard many first-person accounts from reliable eyewitnesses to discount tales of vampiric dominated lands in Mexico. They're, these are not the savage, slobbering, animal-like vampires we know in the Southwest, but intelligent and malevolent beings who have built impressive cities, established their own culture, and keep humans like cattle to be raised and slaughtered. Think of it as a magical version of uh, what's that? What's that uh, movie where the vampires took over and they're using uh, humans as uh, blood bags? I don't watch vampire movies, so I don't know. Okay, well there you go. Uh, day, day, daylighters, day. I forget the as, as Ethan Hawke in it. Anyway, it's it's very much like that where we, where humans are bred for their blood. They're considered animals and food. They're they're cows basically. They're just cows. The majority Crappy of humans actually dust till dawn. No, the oh. majority of humans have actually accepted their fate, accepting the vampires as benevolent masters. Well, benevolent's a stretch, but okay. Uh, it seems the vampires do not kill their human host population, but nourish and protect them so that the undead may feed upon them time and time again, generation after generation, creating a sustainable food source. Smart. Smart. They live simple, unworried lives like a fatted calf or a favorite house pet, and they are cared for, protected by their inhuman owners. Daybreakers. That's the name of the movie. Thank you. Oh, then I won't start. Daybreakers. Because <laughs> you got it. So, 
in in this instance they have over the generations they have bred out the the memory of humans as the dominant culture the humans in mexico have accepted their fate as food there's enough of them to where the vampires can can thrive and not kill them so if we're not being killed and we're given everything we want why is this bad you know the world's a piece of crap the world will kill us if we escape from the vampires where are we going to go America, have just fun. Like, just like now, <laughs> yeah, have fun. You're gonna die. Remember that vast uh, fog of war wilderness talking about? You're not gonna make it. You're dead. Can't get to the Pecos Empire. Nope. Oh. You're dead. So they stay. Uh, the bestial undead common to the southwest are apparently called wild vampires, not not secondary vampires that that live in Mexico. Uh, as far as I understand it, there is a vampire God that creates one, the vampire intelligence that creates a master vampire and the, which are generals of that, of that, that faction of vampire legion and the master vampire creates secondary vampires, which are intelligent, very just as much or more so than they were in their human life, but they're now skewed over to the side of evil. Uh, to save these people from themselves would require a mass invasion of the vampire kingdoms, a feat that would seem to require more than one of the combined armies of every single kingdom in North America, including the coalition states and the Federation of Magic. That's no joke. It's true. Sadly, Mexico is remote and far from the burgeoning kingdoms east of the Mississippi, and they are easily forgotten, which is why it happened to begin with. Because Mexico was cut off when the, when the cataclysm happened, and they were basically written off. Now we get to the heroes of the book. The coalition <laughs> states. If you're not sure if they're actually heroes, you know, I never put the segment one banner up the entire time here. There we go. Uh, if you're not sure if the coalition are heroes or not, please subscribe, like, and share, and let Heathen Dog know how heroic the coalition states are for protecting normal, mundane humans, farmers, and food supplies. Yep. Now we'll, we'll look at some chat before we get into the heroes of the story. I didn't, I didn't start too many this time because they're all just yelling at you about how you don't know all the pedantic what's on page 36 of some weird source book somewhere right, that whatever. we're not covering. Um, so, uh, let's see, uh, Legion Myth, the Reign of Fire movie is the only one I can think of that seems riffs like, but even that movie is a bit tame. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's like riffs light, yeah. uh, where where uh, dragons come back and and decimate the world. Yeah, it's riffs light. I'll give you that. Thundar's very riffs. Yes, yes, techno magic's a thing. So Thundar is is again very riffs. I wasn't gonna put up Marhawkman's comment though. So uh, vampires are very fairly easy to kill if you are properly prepared. That's just thing. No one's properly prepared for a vampire. All of the movies, you know, sunlight's correct, but they're not going to be out in sun. Wooden stake. I, oh, stake their heart. They die. No, they don't. They go dormant. The moment you take out the stake, six seconds later, you got your throat slashed out. Here, let me switch to. Uh, so, you here. know, no one's no one's going to go into a battle uh the very first time against a supernatural threat with a super soaker and think they're going to live no one's going to do that so you have to fight you have to learn from the people who probably died and took the lessons with them so it's kind of hard to break that mental thing like i go in with the super soaker and i'll win it's hard to get there from where you are but kind then of kind of... when you can kill them with a techno wizard super... yeah that's the thing but you don't know that Going in, you don't know that. You try and hit him with regular weapons. And it so so let me ask this question, because you know, again, just the way chat's going today and the way somebody will comment later. 
if you're playing a character from coalition territory, whatever, or you're, you're playing sure. a character from new West, I, I, cause that's probably the closest thing, right? Um, and you're going to go wander down into Mexico. Wouldn't you know that there are vampires there? Cause wouldn't you have scouted it out first? No, no. Number one, you wouldn't know because, uh, the the uh, mexico world book uh has it set to where all the border cities and towns are camouflage they're 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 subservient humans who are like no everything's fine everything's fine it's all good so the the people outside of mexico don't know the weaknesses of vampires unless they've actually fought vampires but the problem is if you don't know the weaknesses of vampires and you fight vampires you're probably not going to survive to tell anyone the things that you've learned it's a catch twenty-two. Let me uh, go up to back to this one. I'm at work, but Tennessee may be in dinosaur swamp. I don't know. The, the reason I put I, that I up there, will. people are like, "Ah, oh, you got you didn't read this world book." I didn't read any world book. You didn't read any world book. But, but uh, secondly, it's what my Discord has been saying. People are like, "I want a book on Tennessee and, and Kentucky." That was the we people wanted us to ask that to Kevin, and people wanted us to ask that to Sean. That's why I put it up there. Yell at them, not me. <laughs> I don't care. I'll read all the world books. I'll read none of them. Let's have a world book for every city. I don't care. More lore is good. Ask, Ask Max. Max and Necromancer make their own families. That's yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like my family. I get rid of it, make a new one. <laughs> or or you, you kill them, bring them back, and make them better. <laughs> right. By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, I used to, I don't so much anymore, but I used to play Necromancers constantly in games like D&D, Earthdawn, whatever. Necromancer, whatever. Don't be pedantic. I'm getting annoyed with that nonsense today uh doc fearsome can character who becomes a vampire retain any special abilities like psionics magic spells all right. cyber knight all right just like drow there is one vampire who would who turned good all right and it's a it's it's a, it's a character it's a written character in the book she has a special ring that that stops her mind from being controlled by master vampires secondary vampires are controlled by the master vampire can be directly controlled so she has a special ring that blocks the supernatural, psychic, 100% effective master vampire control of all secondary and mostly wild vampires. She's the only good character. She, she, she's the, she's the drizzet of vampires. No, you cannot play a good vampire. Any, any game master who says, yeah, you can be drizzet too, is, is walking down a path toward destruction. There's one for a reason. At least talking yeah. about the drow thing. I don't know enough about this stuff, but, uh, but no, you, you don't retain any of your, any of your special abilities. Uh, if, if you, I think maybe magic, I'm not sure, but I think psionics are, are destroyed again. I, I glossed over the area where you too could be a vampire. No, no, you can't. I glossed over that area. It's just like playing evil alignment. Just cause it's in the book. Doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean you should do it. No. You're supposed to be a hero. Coalition is perfect, perfect, but the best option. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I knew Heathen Dog. Would, I'm, see, I'm trying to give Heathen Dog some positive vibes here because I just got to be honest. I don't agree with this, but I do agree with it at the same time. I don't agree with that they're the good guys. I agree with the fact that if you're a normal human, they're your saviors. Yes. And you have to look at it from the perspective of human nature and please let me survive. I'm not saying that if you're playing your Borgs and Crazies and Leyline Walkers and Bursters and so forth that you should be joining the coalition. No. Probably not a good idea. Well, yeah, especially for like all, almost all of those, right? Uh, but uh, anyway, and then finally, Coalition for Life, Dead Boys Save the World. I think uh, Crafty true. will That's agree with you. Do. That's what they do. 
<laughs> killing one monster at a time. All Is right. that it? How much more okay, background we do we have here? No, we're, we're, we're going to Chicago, formerly Chicago. Okay. Where's that? And you're, you're way off. We're sticking to the top of page oh. 24. Oh, okay. Top, top right-hand side. Coalition states. Oh, Chi-Town. Chi-Town is a birthplace of the... No. Well, yeah, okay. Birthplace of Coalition states. It's throne of the Imperial Power and Headquarters for the Coalition Military High Command. Okay, the new Coalition states. When traversing our modern world was first published in 100 PA, the Coalition states were a loose-knit allegiance between five industrial kingdoms who rose out of the ashes of the Great Cataclysm in North America. In nine short years, however, the CS has become united by fear and war. For the first time in the nation's history, the coalition states has become the aggressor, declaring war on enemy kingdoms and independent forces it sees as a threat. Now, uh, I want you to understand that the Rift's ultimate book takes place like 30 years after the original Rift's book came out. So oh, the coalition war campaign has happened. All, a lot of these other source books have happened. Oh. This is a continuation of the timeline, which is, which is why I personally disagree using this book. I think we should use the 1994 book, but it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. At first, people outside the CS wondered how much of this was po was posturing by the emperor, but we all learned how serious he was. When, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go through that. Coalition states. Okay. If you read or or if you if you look at the video I did on Chaos Earth, you know that the coalition states is is the transformed Nema the 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 north american paramilitary coalition the 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 nato of north america they transformed into the 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 coalition based in what was chicago now chi town and the whole thing was protect humanity from supernatural threats and to do that they created the stance that supernatural stuff bad kill on sight magic bad kill on sight Supernatural creature, bad, kill on sight. Non-human, bad, kill on sight. From a rift, but you look human, infiltrator, kill on sight. <laughs> you know what? It's a hardline stance, yes. But you know what it also did? Kept people alive. Kept people safe. And people what do people want more than anything lie. else, whether it's right or wrong? Exactly. Uh, during during the, the, uh, the Dark Ages... It was uh, the, the life expectancy for your average human being was like 22 years. In the coalition states, that's up to like 40. It's crazy, but it's good. Comparatively, and then it's probably it's some eugenics program where you're too old to be useful to the empire. So uh, we just send you to the front lines. That yeah. isn't what they do, Max. I'm fucking joking. So, so the coalition states. Is it, is it an authoritarian regime? Yes. Is it a benevolent? No. It is not. not. Not really. But to the average citizen under the umbrella of the CS protection, the average human being with no powers, no nothing, the coalition states are the best and greatest hope for survival. They're heroes to the average person. And that's exactly how the emperor wants to keep it. And he does. Through strict control of all communications, all learning, all knowledge. Book burning's a big thing. Illiteracy is, is purposeful. 
because people who can read get their own ideas and people with their own, own ideas get other people killed. Just, just look at every SJW out there. You put them in charge, it'll get people killed. So you get rid of them. Do I agree with that stance? In the apocalypse, yes. In the apocalypse, it's my way or the highway. If you're in my kingdom and you and you want to talk out against me, you're going to get your throat slit in the middle of the night. You and your family and your friends and your dog. Because you're putting people's lives in danger. Now, if you want to talk grand scheme of things, if you want to talk, oh, but in the overall idealism of some dream world you live in, then the CS are evil. Sure. But in the world they live in, post-apocalypse earth, where everything can kill you, the CS is necessary and a force for humanity. And if you look at human nature, it is the type of regime that would rise to power. Exactly. Whether yes. now, now, to be fair, you could argue it could be theological, it could be sociological, it, it but it's going to be some sort of authoritarian, uh, killer be killed type mentality. Yes, that's just yes. Uh, how how do how do these things happen? It's really easy. You you have a, a populace that is on hard times. Apocalypse will do that to you. You give them something to blame. DBs, magic. This puts them all on the same side. And you as the leader fan these flames of hatred for the thing that is bad. Magic, DBs. And then you create a force, ostensibly said, to protect them from the magic and the DBs. And they will back you 100%. They'll join hand over the people just left and right come out of the woodwork to join this crusade to save their mother their sister their father their whatever and they'll die happily knowing they're dying for a cause they're dying for humanity and and, and just because you can sit out there and say but not all magic is evil well guess what i can't take the chance i can't take no. the risk i can't ask the question you know what? Let's excise it. <laughs> the thing is, here's here's the problem with here's the here's why that thinking is stupid. You you let in one bad magic user. He can kill hundreds of people in minutes. One bad apple. So, can you risk that? No, stupid. You can't risk that. Murder them all, bury them, and, and nourish the food. That's what you do. That's how you survive. And, that, and that's how the CS grew to power. And it's smart. And it's good. And then it goes off. It talks about uh, the, the, the coalition states in different areas of North America. Uh, Missouri, uh, Kingsdale, Arkansas, Lone Star in Texas. And uh, is Lone Star uh, really part of the coalition? Yes, I thought they were more think, of like a... at at the end of the of the coalition war campaign, one or two coalition states actually dropped out. Okay, well, we're not I, talking I about Texas that. We're talking about this book. So, okay, I think Texas was one of them because they had they had a really really big independent streak to begin with. So it, it tells you a little bit about all the different coalition states and, you know, what they think. And all of them believe humanity first, but all of them go about it in a different way. Uh, Ironheart in Canada. Uh, 
Chi-Town Chi is a is a giant uh, MDC pyramid that if you live inside, you're the most protected class of people. Chi-Town's the capital, right? The uh, yeah, it's that, that's okay. where the emperor lives. Yes, Minnesota coalition military occupied territory, trying trying to stop the evil bugs from the north. Not doing very well. Northern Michigan or CS allies, Northern Gun, I believe it is. Uh, the the Manistique Imperium, CS Allies, Old Detroit, don't go there. Southern Michigan is a is a is a crap hole. Southeast Michigan and and uh, right across the river is the Magic Zone, or right 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 across the Detroit River to Canada to uh, Windsor is the Magic Zone. Here is just supernatural evil run amok. There's like three or four different uh, nexus points, ley lines crisscrossing everywhere. It's just uh anti-human territory you're not getting in there uh people only go there to try and get pre pre-riffs artifacts and get out because you know great risk equals great reward but i don't recommend it and st louis you don't want to go there either it's covered with more than 100 ley lines and 13 nexus points as a matter of fact the st louis arch if you remember a picture of the st louis arch that is a permanent open nexus is a permanent rift to a to a to demon world so who controls that nobody it's just no one keeps it open it just is but i mean it who controls is. that area oh god demons oh all of them oh, yeah okay. all of them yeah all demons yeah no you're not getting anywhere around there nope you're not getting anywhere in there it's called the devil's gate it's on the bottom of page you see it about a bottom page 31 Uh, located across of Mississippi and St. Louis, Missouri, and directly across from East St. Louis, uh, is a dimensional rift that spans the opening of the old St. Louis Memorial Park Gateway Arch. How ironic. Gateway Arch. Get it? Several Le Leyland walkers and shifters I've spoken to believe the arch was deliberately constructed and named the Gateway Arch by a secret society of occultists who had knowledge of the location's magical energies and potential power. to. It, it, this is very much a Ghostbusters situation. Ghostbusters 1. You know, uh, the, 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 the bad genius in the early 1900s who built Dana's building, built it as a spiritual battery that when, when, uh, you know, Zool or whatever came back, it would, it would, it would attract this, this dimensional being here and gather up all the supernatural energy to make it enough to open up a portal. So, so the evil, you know, stay puff marshmallow man can decimate the world. That's exactly what, what they're saying about the, 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 the St. Louis Arch was built by people who knew this would be a supernatural magnet and it would destroy the world. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Uh, Ohio Valley, you know, the, the, this more magic zone area. And then we have the Federation of Magic. These are evil magic people. Okay. The, <laughs> okay. The, this is the reason why the CS has to exist because of these bastards right here. All right. The, these, these are, these are evil magic users who want to take over everything because magic is better and technology suck. Well, they use, they use some technomancy as well, but magic is better and regular humans can suck it. And then there's the people of new Laszlo in Canada who are the good magic users, the, the, the Glenda, the good witch of, of magic, but to the normal human, Where's that? no, it's, it's way up, way up high. I just, I just, I just want okay. to say that because, uh, you know, both of them are magic. So for the average human who can't use magic, they're both evil. 
and they both need to be killed. That's the only way to be safe. Now, this is a picture of a of a a ley line. Now, in rifts, ley lines are so strong they are visible, and at night they span up to maybe two miles high in the air. So much so that in the in the in in the before the largest ley lines you can see from space, like the Great Wall. You can see it from space. So these ley lines are no joke. Uh, Georgia and Florida is known as dinosaur swamp. Kentucky and Tennessee, uh, old American empires are wilderness and rolling hills. Civilization is a rare thing in these parts. Uh, the strangest occurrence is what natives call de-shifting. One moment you're walking across a forest path, the next moment the entire forest blurs, then shimmers with silver light. Suddenly the forest has been replaced by an alien forest or desert. You're still in the same geographic location, but the environment around you has changed. Nobody seems to have an explanation as to how the environment can change, but the people remain. It's almost like walking through a holographic image that randomly changes. An unsettling occurrence, no matter how many times you experience it. The northeastern portion of Tennessee along North Carolina is another huge area exploding with mystic energy. Old cities of Bristol, Johnson City, Newport, Athens, Chattanooga, and Knoxville are all known cities for their landline nexus points and frequent dimensional activity, which means no people. No, no, no people live there anymore. So does there really need to be a world book for it then? No, there really doesn't need to be a world book because uh, there's no people there. They're all dead or they ran away, fled. Dead or fled. That's a good one. Dead or fled. All right. I'm looking at the ley lines as well. Forest, creatures, demons, why the CS needs to exist. A rift with the with the with the exitics. Did you did you get that? Yeah, I, I showed okay. that on screen for a little bit. Okay, the East Coast, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina is half gone. Uh, South Carolina lost forty miles of its coastline because of you know tsunami. Virginia, a third of its land is submerged underwater. Washington D.C. is basically gone. Uh, the island of Manhattan is an anomaly. Sometime during the Dark Age, some force raised the submerged island and slammed it onto the coast, making it a peninsula. It would appear that some sort of elemental magic must be responsible, but there aren't even legends about it. The once great metropolis is nothing but a mess excuse me, of rubble and twisted steel. Not one building stands. All that remains are piles of debris. Still, I have known scavengers who claim to have dug hundreds of feet below the debris into pre- and gotten some pre-rifts artifacts. Okay. Pennsylvania and Maine, uh, mostly forested wilderness with very few settlements or fishing villages or barbarian tribes. And that's it. After that, we get into we get into the characters of the game. These are all NPCs. Uh, and then we get into the occupational character classes, and we're going to get into that next time. But that is the background of Rifts. Basically, if you look at all of the all of the holy books in all of the cultures and all the world and cherry pick the worst parts of it. That's the riffs. That's the coming of the riffs. That's what happened. All right. Let's look at some more chat. The last did of the chat. Any? I did start a couple. Doesn't matter if, Doesn't they're, matter good if they're good guys or not. They are the only guys with muscle. Yeah. I mean, if, if you live in North America, you either live under the rule of the CS or you don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow morning. That's 90% of humans. Best option for humanity in North America? True. The NGR is a better option. Fair. And the city-states from before the cataclysm in Japan are even better. Fair. But the thing is, uh, the, the German Republic is in Europe. 
No one's making it from North America to Europe except Aaron Tarn magically. I don't know how she did it. She's like 85, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and you're definitely not making it to Japan because you know, you got to go over, over the uh, Pacific ocean, which is worse than the Atlantic ocean. <laughs> There's like 18 uh, jaws for every, for every square foot and you're not going to make it. But uh, yeah, if you, it, we, we, I, when I go into the Japan source book, we'll figure out why Japan's the awesomest. Uh, original book, 100 PA, Revent Coalition Military, 105 PA, Ultimate Edition, 109. Yes. That's because you said 30 years in the future from the last one. Okay, well, whatever. Ch- I'm saying the, 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 the timeline has progressed. Source books have happened. And I would have rather started this where source book did not happen. But it's the latest version, so I understand why we went the way we did. I'm not, I'm not butthurt about it. Considering the environment, it would be the only thing that could hold together long enough to grow. Yes. Yes. The, the original paramilitary group called NEMA turned into the coalition over the 200 years of keeping, keeping as much humanity alive as possible. And now they've, they become the coalition states and that's, that's, that's what it is. It's not time for philosophical theory. No, it's not. Philosophy is a luxury. Yes. Yes. Philosophy. You can talk, you can, you can think about. Your state in the world, once you, your wife, and your children have food, you're going to have food tomorrow. You have a home, you're going to have a home tomorrow. You can go to sleep tonight and not wake up dead. Then you can start thinking about your place in the universe or whatever. But the CS gives you those things you need and then tells you what to think so you don't have to waste any brain power on trying to think for yourself. Awesome. In North America, your choices are for safe haven are bad to worse. Yes. Laszlo is the only overtly good faction, but they're not that big. No, they're not. And they exist around Toronto. Yes. If you want to get to new Laszlo, you have to go through Detroit and Windsor, which you're not. You die. Oh, but I can go around and go through, you know, Pennsylvania and go up there. No, you're going to die because that's all magic territory too. And if you want to go north and over Michigan, oh, you got lots of bugs to deal with up there. You're dead then too. Hey, you dog, how'd that Kool-Aid taste? Carl's grandfather fought alongside spell chuckers and DBs. It's only changed with the current tyrant to control the populace. That's true, but it's easier to control your populace when you keep them on message. The, the, the problem with people is if you give them enough safety, they start having their own ideas. And that takes away safety. You start having to murder a bunch of people in your sleep with some kind of goon squad, and then people start thinking you're a bad guy. But if you teach them only what you want them to know, they're always going to love you, and they're always going to accept what you do to them as being necessary. That's what that's what Prosec understood, and that's what he and his kid do from then on. And it's worked wonders up till now. It's been great. Good job. Is that it? All right, great. So uh, go up and throw the subscribe thing up there. Now, I realize that a lot of you think I'm coming off pretty ignorant with the whole CS thing. I realize that. So I'm going to throw you a bone here. You as a GM, if you want your campaign to make sense, if you want your campaign to to not be a a pile of of, uh, NPC drivel bullshit, then you have your characters be born and raised in new Laszlo. You want to be the good guys 
the actual philosophical high road instead of the I want to survive till tomorrow road. Have your characters be born and raised in New Laszlo. That's fine. Or if if, if you want to have them be ignorant hicks and, and, you know, be afraid of everything under the sun, then have them be born in one of the small smatter towns outside of CS control that somehow survived. But let me tell you, if they're role playing their characters right, when they hit a CS town, they're going to love it. Because they can't read either, so they don't care. One of the things that I'm that I'm going to bring up is that if you watched the uh, video last week with uh, Sean being on here, yep. there are a lot of options in Rifts. There are a lot of options. I mean, th that's the that's the purpose of the game is to provide. If you can imagine it, you can be it. There's probably a source book out there that can create it. If not, you're the game master. You can make it yourself. Sure. But even he said you don't have to use it all. In fact, no. he's run games where a lot of it is limited. So when people are fist shaking in chat going, oh, you can do this. I'm not going to curse anymore. I'm not going to curse anymore in segment one, but no, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to. It's the GM's world. You just live in it. Right. If, if, if he wants you to, to, to have a CS campaign and you, you, you can choose any CS OCC, you know, dog boy, dead boy, Psy stalker, whatever, then that's what you do. And, and you live and die under, under the umbrella of the coalition. If, if, uh, if you want to, if you, his people want to be magic users, then you want to be good guys. You go to new Laszlo, you're born and raised new Laszlo. You can be a Leyland walker, a shifter, a technomancer, whatever. You want to be uh, aberrant or selfish alignments and you still want to do magic and federation of magics for you. That's where you grew up. That's where you're born and raised. They got lots of necromancers over there, but whatever. Ooh, comments, nightbane, sweet. There are none. Oh, literally none. Literally none. Okay. Literally no comments. And why even make this slide? 10 minute introduction, Rift's Ultimate Edition. Because people did have comments about that. Oh, okay. Well, th thanks a lot. Just mess with me like Since that. Since we're talking about Rift's, I figured let's do this. Alex Sorensen says, it's a mess of a game system. I always preferred oh. GURPS. You're going to get a lot of people angry in my chat saying this. Yep. <laughs> I always preferred GURPS, which was even more flexible, but less sprawling mess i'm sorry but less of a sprawling mess mechanically but the ideas embodied in character uh, class were fun i personally would take the concept for riffs and port them over to other games i have a question here and what? i i love asking this question to people because they never come up with anything legitimate okay and it's in this case what's the sprawling mess what's the mechanical sprawling mess i i i, I i'm asking you alex Sorensen, what is the mechanical sprawling mess. Now, are the books laid out perfectly? No. no. Is it sometimes combat, a pain in the combat? Is uh, I, I would I wouldn't call this the, the Palladium combat system a triple A combat system. I wouldn't call it that. I would not. I've 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 seen a lot of B B tier role playing game which which has better combat. I get there's it. there's only one thing about rifts. Actually, not even rifts. Palladium combat. I don't Palladium like Palladium combat. Only... Yeah, it's just one literally one thing. I mean, there are the but that one thing is big. Yeah, well, I don't know what it is for you. For me, I just I would remove roll with punch fall. I think it's an extra step that's not needed. That should just yeah. be taken in place of. Sure. Yeah, but other than that, you roll initiative, you roll the strike, you roll the parry dodge, you take damage. What? The, yeah, it's, so it's freaking it, hard it, about that. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of different bonuses depending on you know lot, lots of different factors that have. That's to be on done your on character sheet. And, and no, this, it's on and, your character sheet. It's not on the base character sheet. Well, fair. That's the problem. All, but but, all but the, it's not a mechanical issue. Don't, you don't have room for it on the normal character sheet. You got to make your own. 
That's true, but it's not a it's not a sprawling mess mechanically. And if you have to all make those your own character sheet. I'm not going to say it's good. Again, but that's not about the rules. That's about the character sheet. That's about some of the presentation of the game. I get it, but a sprawling mess mechanically, and all of it is cinematic. And if you don't like something, you just change it. And if there's one thing that I think Rift should do or, or Palladium should do going in the future, because I think that people need to hear this more and more, is if you don't like something, change it. Put it in big, bold marquee letters in the front of the page. So here are the rules. And if you don't like it, change it. I mean, is it the most cohesive system? Or I shouldn't say cohesive. Coherent system? Not necessarily. Is it the best system? Your mileage may vary, but is a sprawling mess mechanically? No. And I've yet to see anybody come up. Well, because of this, usually the, the stuff that comes up, well, have you seen the range combat rules? You got to do this. If you're really, if you're rolling a uh, burst fire and this other one, like what you can't figure out what 20% of your ammo is as you're rolling 46 instead of one D six. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> like it's not a sprawling mess. No, I understand. It's just a, uh, it, it, it could be both cinematic and, and more intuitive and and less um less uh have to make your own character sheety and but Dar- darthia hits the nail be. in the head on that one it could be i've yet to see a perfect character. yeah and for me yeah. somebody yeah. yeah i can see that i can see that. although the free league ones are pretty good but that's a rules like game so that's kind of not fair all right um, what else we got weird to see anyone talking about rifts in 2022 it's weird outdated <laughs> unbalanced inconsistence and one of my favorite effing games ever i've been running an on again off again rifts game set in japan and my players are always super hyped when i finish a chapter and i'm ready to run it again yeah i mean it is it's it's made to be unbalanced because i i don't care what kevin says i don't i don't care what sean says the books are not made to to be run together you stay in your lane you got you got the base book. You're in North America. You got the Japan book. You're in Japan. You got the Russia book. You're in Russia. You start you, you start taking Russian shit and go in Japan. You start creating more unbalanced unbalancing issues. Stop it. Make a new campaign. Start in Russia. Start in Japan. Start in South America. Start in Africa. Whatever. Don't don't start porting your people around the world. You, you're 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 just creating more work for you as a game master. That's where the big unbalancing comes from. Yeah, and this is a long lost art. And I've seen people do this like, no, the book says it's a plus one here to minus six. Uh, shut up. Well, I'm making a ruling and it's plus two. Roll your yeah. goddamn dice. Yeah. The, the, the first line of almost of almost every uh, game master section is game master says goes. That's it. Yeah. That's the way it is. All right. Last one. <laughs> here we go. Crafty already responded to this one. Okay. Wow. This is really cool until the end part with hashtag RP gate. Okay uh you don't agree with rp gate okay okay crafty crafty had a pretty good response to that basically it's like uh oh so you want to gatekeep people from the hobby you want to stop people based on your politics you want (laughs) my 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 response to this is um i want to stop people based on their politics not mine uh you're just so for the win you're the reason hashtag rp gate exists and you're probably in most need of it probably you know It'll help you. It'll help you run better games. Yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, anywho, that, what's that? Yeah, that's it for segment one. Uh, okay. Outros, like, subscribe, share, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. Um, if you agree here. with my take that the CS are the secret good guys, go ahead and throw a like. Throw it in the comments. 
buff me up. I okay. love it. I have to do if it. If you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, then dislike. Click on the dislike. But you better tell me why. I want to see it in the comments. I want I want to know why you, you think the CS aren't the low-key good guys. So <laughs> I can counter you tit for tat. There it is. So if Lady asks, what is RPGator? Should I just Google it? Well, here you go. This is hashtag RPGate. And give me just one second here. Because uh, I have a feel for this. Because I want to say it right. Because I want you to be excited about this. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. And that the focus of your tabletop group should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop community are escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism. And natural, organic inclusion, not Forced diversity. And Flady for 199 says, CS rules, dead boys for life. Thank you for 199. <laughs> and now that will end segment one. It's off the screen. All right, lots of people. It's like, oh, genocidal maniacs. So wait, wait. first it's Nerdio. So you agree it's not about safety. No, it's about safety and control. Because if you can't control your populace, you can't keep them safe. Then the CS are only doing what they do to make yeah, human for humans. That's it. You're not human. You're not. You're not. You're 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 only worth a bullet. That's it. That's all you're worth. So I disagree with what Charlotte put up in here. Um, here we go. There's some balance of playing games, just different from most. You need to divide up the classes and tiers and have the players all in the same one. Disagree. I think I that players have roles, and if you're the uh, if you're the intelligentsia role, yeah, you don't go out there in the front line of the fight. You yeah. sit back. You sit I mean, in the back. Yeah. Rogue scientist and rogue scholar have their place. It's not in the front lines. They exactly. And without them, yeah, I, I want one in the party. <laughs> yeah, you want one in the party. It's just most people don't want to be the one. Well, then you're going to have a bad time sometimes. Now, if you are the type of group. That is like, nope, uh, got to be in the action. I can't have anybody, you know, sitting behind. Well, then then I understand what you're saying. But I mean, I could play anything. OK, guy, I did all of this or we did all of this. Now you go make it happen and I will sit back. And if somebody gets injured, you come back here because I've got your <laughs> healing potion. Well, not potion, but you know what I'm saying? I got your med kits or, or whatever. I'll get you back to base, you know, and if somebody will, then I'm not playing anymore. Oh. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. I like having a role. Malachi says, I don't necessarily think HD is correct, but his reasoning is sound. I understand. I understand saying the CS are good guys for humanity is, is a stretch. I get it. I get it. I understand the knee jerk reaction is I'm an ignorant ass. I understand that. But in the time and in the age that they live in, it's an easy choice between, you know, being, being, you know, Orwellian, be living in an Orwellian 1984 uh, dystopian future or living in the wilderness where tomorrow I'm just going to get my heart ripped out. I'd rather live to see tomorrow under an authoritative regime than be dead, you know, by, by some supernatural bug that crawls in my ear in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping and then has babies in my head and then my skull splits open and then murders my entire family with these slugs. You know what? I'll take, I'll take choice A. Every day. I, I, uh, I look at it as human nature. 
Yep. And if you really, it's, that's for me. And I like verisimilitude. I know some people are like, well, we should be better than that. Well, maybe in a pristine white walled universe, yeah. you would be. Hey, this isn't Star, that. <laughs> Star Trek, Trek has that. Yep. You know, Star Trek has that, has the bright utopian future because we've conquered all the things that on Rift's Earth is basically unconquerable. There you go. Just said it. CS is the good guys is is versus ought. Yeah, it is the good guy. I said they is. That's right. Is the good guy. But should they be? <laughs> not, no, they ought not to be. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. They are product of the times. Is it a bad product? Maybe. Is it the product that works? It's kind of like democracy. It's it's the worst. It's the it's 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 the worst system except for all the other ones. Now I'm I'm gonna say something. If Heathen Dog wants to go to the bathroom, unless he already did, or, or go get a drink or something, well, I gotta I'm, get, yeah, I get more. Yeah. I I, I want to say something here because okay. I, I I've guys couldn't tell. I got pretty pissed off during that first segment. I cursed a few times and I shouldn't have. I want to be very clear about something here. We are not trying to be. I know my name's RPG Authority. That that that's a joke. I'm going to change that soon. That's a joke based on the whole, RP I'm an RPG snob, RPG elite, so forth. Nothing else. Uh, I just didn't change it for today. We're not trying to be the authority of riffs. Get every little pedantic thing right. And I couldn't fucking care less if we do or not. Keep crying in chat. I don't fucking care, okay? We are trying to provide an overview for you folks in order for you to say, is this the type of game I want to play? We want to bring it to you in a manner that is like, hey, this is what's out there. I don't know a lot of Rift's lore. If we were to get into Battletech, I can name so many dates in Battletech that most people don't remember or don't know when some house lord did that and some house lord did that. I've been watching a few Battletech uh, historical shows and they got some dates wrong. I didn't spam their fucking chat with, hey, you're wrong. Jesus Christ, grow the fuck up. Okay, we're trying to provide an overview just to see, like, is this a game that's interesting to me? Yeah, it's about 300 years that uh, that the world's been all messed up. Now we're in this time frame where you got a coalition state. You've got these areas that suck. Ah, they don't, there's a source book. On, I don't care. Fucking care. It's one paragraph in the book that we're reading. Jesus balls. If you want pedantry, we can do that. But that's not going to be what these live stream videos are about. Because I'm not researching all this shit. So I'm not even a Rifts player. I am grow it's growing on me. I'm liking it more and more. Kevin did a great job of selling it to me by just saying like five words and that was it. I, I understand it better. I get it better now. Oh, you got you you didn't put the dots in between the S, the D, and the C. Did you know that Kevin doesn't like that? I don't care. Okay, we're gonna present this to you in generalizations and with how we feel, somewhat wrapped in, but to be fair, it should be mostly facts. And if we're off by, oh, that happened in August, not in September, I don't care. <laughs> doesn't matter. You can read it for yourself. Yeah. Yes, I, I sprinkled in a little bit of, of background information that I remember from from source books just to just to give a better general shape of the world am i 100 right in all my sprinklings probably not i mean the some of these books i read maybe 10 years ago all right but i wanted to give a more holistic view of the world some, some something uh something a little more than just reading the book out loud to you and, yeah we're, uh, we're trying to step away from that a little bit yeah yeah so i i wanted to i wanted to 
you know, interact a little more with uh, mostly facts, but a little bit of my, you know, player knowledge, GM knowledge sprinkled in there just, just to make it more fun. You know, and if I get something, something pedantically wrong, like, oh, that wasn't, you know, like the whole 100, 105, 109 PA thing. Okay, fine. I, I did the 30 year thing wrong. I'm sorry. Again, it's a live stream, not reading from a script. You're right. But does it really matter? Does does it take away from what I was saying? Not really. Not now. If we were trying to do like a specific timeline, yes. Now, that, if I go through a world book, then I better have read the world book recently and and be as factual as possible. Yeah. Okay. Get it. 100% to be fair, because I, I, I know I a few people. Sorry. I know a few people out there were, were, were commenting on things. The old, there's only one person that pissed me off. I don't know if he's still watching or not, but it was the guy that said, lies, you're a false prophet. Jesus Christ, get over yourself. <laughs> for $5, thank you very much for $5. RPG Digest is trying to sell riffs to people who are not already fans. Exactly. The overview is an elevator pitch. It's an hour and a half long elevator pitch, but it's an yeah. elevator pitch. Uh, once a fan, people can dive in all their... Exactly. And and it would drive me nuts. It actually did drive me nuts when I watched a couple of Battletech videos. I'm like, that isn't right. Of course, I went and verified. I'm like, ah, I still remember my Battletech lore, the pre-3025 era, after that it gets a little fuzzier, but because uh, I'm a 3025 era purist. But uh, I was still right on all the nonsense who did this but it didn't matter the video was still presenting what it needed to present i didn't go spaz out on those folks but yeah. uh i'm uh, uh I, that wasn't that wasn't you uh, if you think i was talking about you wasn't you no, no remember. He, he thinks he was joking and anyone who puts in comment on a live stream says you are a false prophet is either crazy or joking put a fucking smiley face behind it uh, in text chat if you're not using emojis of some sort yes i am a 3025 snob uh so anyway, I don't want to beat, I don't want to beat this down too much. It's just one of those things where it's like, he doesn't get as angry. Yeah. You're on that side. He doesn't get as angry as I do, but that's the type of shit that really upsets me. If it's not fucking perfect enough for you, go make your own goddamn video. Hey, fat gamer. Now you know what you can do with your video. Yeah, there you go. Have your videos be perfect to, to the written lore and you'll, you'll eliminate these problems. Learn from us. Learn from Max. There you go. hundred percent good. So yeah, I was getting mad for him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was, I was letting it off. I was letting it slide off, you know, duck water, letting it slide off. I'm okay. You know, everyone makes, makes mistakes. I'm going, uh, I'm going half off of memory. Like from, from the beginning, I wasn't, I wasn't really reading it. I was going from memory and I, I was sprinkling in some stuff from chaos earth as well. Not all of it, but enough of it. So you can kind of get your, get a good picture of what happened and what's happening now more so than what the book tells you. And this, the Savage world riffs book is even worse. It's even more general and vague and awful. It's it's all good. And you know what? I'm glad people like violence solves. Everything are here to do the corrections and so forth. If there's a correction, that's fine. What, what it, what it is for me before we go into segment two here, what it is for me is it's, it's attitude. Okay. Yeah. And segment one, I'm not supposed to be cursing, but when no. somebody lies or you know what you're talking about or, or whatever it is like, um, I pay attention to that simply because I do want our information to be good. I want it to be something that you can watch and appreciate and so forth. At the same time, it's like, get over yourselves, okay? If you want us to do a pitch-perfect video, especially since, well, I, now he did not corrected me on something, doesn't realize he did, but he corrected me on something, is the fact that I didn't realize that the Rift's ultimate book was actually pushed forward. It makes sense that it is, but mm -hmm. it was pushed forward after some source books came out. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm taking that blurb. If it says in Detroit, these things happen. Well, if source book number 62 says it didn't, I don't give a fuck. This is what this book is saying. This is what we're going with. We'll cover the source books maybe later. So thank you very much for the $20. That's awesome. I don't know what you're dittoing. Hopefully it's me because I'm awesome, but uh, I do appreciate that. And that's why I waited till after the segment was over to, to vent that. And really $20. That's awesome. Patriotic assault. We really do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, And yes, I, I hope that, that I, I gave, I gave the right energy and, and got people who did, who were on the fence on rips to come over to the rip side, or if they hadn't heard of it and think it's an interesting thing and come over to the side. And part of that, part of that whole CS thing, half of it was a joke. All right. Half of it was a joke. CS are bad guys. I mean, they do bad things, so they're bad guys. It makes sense. But the other half is not a joke. To survive in, a, in the harshest environment imaginable, which is what Rips Earth is for humans, the harshest environment imaginable, the people in charge have to make choices that are between bad and worse. Have to be bad people to yeah. sacrifice some to save the whole. You got to be a bad person to make that choice. Paladins don't run countries for a reason. They can't make the hard choices. You have to be morally flexible to make the hard choice. And the emperors of the CS uh, of the CS make the hard choices. If lady on my discord, there's actually a poll. I don't know if you're part of our discord, but uh, in, in there's a poll that covers this. Oh, well, so it'd be a one shot, but uh, if you, if you want to check that out oh, yeah, and weird, weird guy. Oh, see, you got it. Go ahead. Weird guy saying, uh, good start to Riffs. Only one fact was not stated. You forgot to say that Riffs is better than D&D because <laughs> that won't start a fight, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if, if we want to get comments and dislikes up the wazoo, but do, do dislikes even matter anymore since they're not shown? Eh, I don't know. They kind of do. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's better to get dislikes than no clicks at all, right? So there you go. And, oh. and the comments will light up. <laughs> oh, shit. No. <laughs> Cinnabar is better than DD. Oh, worst book ever written. Wow. And I'm talking about the one that came out in like 1990 or whatever year it was. Oh my God. A friend of mine had that thing and we we liked the premise of it, but that's where it all ended. But to put this back up here again, thank you for the ten dollars. Really yes, do appreciate right. that. Um, but then this is like the, the whole thing, like, oh my god, DD sucks. It's the worst game ever. Thacko, uh. Okay, yeah, you know what? There's still nothing wrong with Thacko. Are there better? I, I, I've been saying this for months. There are better games than Dungeons and Dragons, but it's the 800 pound gorilla and Dungeons and Dragons still has its feel. And you know what are you guys have heard me rant about that before. And there's still a place for it. There's nothing wrong with Dungeons and Dragons just because there are things better. There's nothing wrong with riffs just because, you know, you might find that there are things that are better. Yeah. And so. Mar Hawkman has a point here too. Uh, generosity is a virtue only if you have things to give yeah and if you if you're a regular human being and you don't you don't live under the safety of the umbrella of the cs everything you have is necessary for you to survive so generosity is gone you don't have the resources to give to anyone else because your family has to come first and if there's not enough food for your family you're definitely not giving anything away so yeah I have one more that I'm going to put on the screen after this one. And I, and I get this. I, I Again, I'm softening on riffs. I like After the Bomb and I like Robotech. Those are, the, again, the two games. Um, Beyond the Supernatural and Nightbane have kind of 
won me over a little bit. Like not normally my premise, but I would I I could be a player in those games. Nut Riffs game is, is cool but weird, or weird yeah. but cool. It's one of those. Yeah. But where is it? 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 Oh, come on, where did I just see it? Just there it is. <laughs> oh, we covered Splicer. <laughs> About what was it? I was still in Germany, so that was like two years ago. Yeah, it was like years ago. You hate you hate Splicers. I I'm, hate Splicers. He hates it. He hates it to death. I'm meh. It's not something I want to play. Yeah, you know, I have it right here. Oh no, that's scrapers. Damn it. Splicers. It's I want here. to burn this book. I hate this there game. I don't understand why anybody even wrote it. Uh, when I first read the premise, I was like, that's neat. And then I started reading it and said, nope. But you know what? Here's the thing. You might like it, number one. And number two, this is what's awesome about Palladium books. There are games for pretty much everybody. Yep. I don't like Splicers. Okay, I'll play After the Bomb. I'll play Rifts. I'll play Palladium Fantasy. And I don't know Phase why World. I don't put the... Phase World, Whatever. yeah. It's all good. You might yeah. like Rift. I, you know, I know Kevin said that uh, that he's going to try to get me hooked on on Dead Rain. It's still got zombies in it. Chances of me playing are still like hello. Yeah. Uh, again, Looks thanks for the super chats, guys. Well, no, you, you can you can tell if a book is used if it's, if it's a Palladium book. If the edges, if the uh, if the lamination is coming off the edges of the book, because they all do. So you you can tell if one's used here. Uh, my my Rift's conversion book, you can tell it's used. See that? Because <laughs> the palladium, the palladium yeah. bubble. That's the palladium bubble action right there. You can tell it's well used. This is how I flip through it. I start off like this. And this right here is what causes the lamination to come off. So, I, I have book tape all the way up and down my TMNT yeah. but book. The rest of the book, you see the rest of the book is pristine, right? I mean, it's beautiful. The binding's still good. The pages are still good. But you know I flip through it all the time because the lamination's coming off. That's what happens with Rift's books. I'm not going to see, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to read another game to try to figure out what I'm supposed to do in my current game. Yeah. If, if you want to understand dark Rift gods, you can get the, uh, the palladium old gods book and, and use the, the Rift's conversion book and you're good to go. They have all the gods from all the pantheons and stuff. This is how yes, you know all it's the good Palladium books clear coat. You you now the cool the cool thing is the reason you say all the good books do that is because it's the books that you flip through the most. Yep. <laughs> and that's what causes it to happen. <laughs> Which is funny. All right. Let's uh, let's get to segment two here so we can move on here. Thank you for giving me a moment to rant about that. Uh, I, I just hope you understand where I'm coming from. Now, this is to be to be fair. This isn't to say don't correct us. In fact, I'm for you correcting us. Just don't be a dick about it. Don't be an asshole about it and you're fine. All right, let me get this article up. I don't have a graphic for segment two because. Uh, just because I don't. Why can't okay. I find? Oh, that's why. All right. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm I'm sick, so my my throat's kind of dead from all the speaking. Well, I'll do the speaking now. Okay. Now, I have not read this. Yes, this is from D and D Beyond. Well, I'll be okay. <laughs> no one's gonna die of syphilis unless you touch your monitor. Yeah, yeah, don't touch your monitor. Don't touch your monitor. Watch, watch some, watch some, uh, you know, uh, Steamboat Willie after this. It'll, it'll cure the infection. Actually, let me do this the right way. Uh, 
All right, for segment two today, we are going to talk about how to bring horror to your D&D game, or really any game, to be honest with you. I don't think this has to be part of uh, any specific game, but it is related to D&D in this one. Okay. Check our links below. Social media, charity, alternative, why I can't talk media. Join us on our Discord. We got some polls going on there about things you might like us to do as far as videos in the future and so forth. Check that out. And I don't know. I don't need the schedule on this crap anymore. Okay. <laughs> we'll just Go jump back into the. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that'd be a quick pause. I hope you can get yeah, that. Yeah. Try, try and hit it. Hit the space bar. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like a carny game now. <laughs> Trying to pause at the right moment. All right. So, yep. This is from D and D beyond how to bring horror to your D and D game. I have not read this article. But, you know, we're at that time of year where it is Halloween, right? We co- we covered on the Friday Night Chill stream, we covered costumes that you should wear at your Halloween parties. And so now we're going to talk about adventures that you can have. So last Halloween, you got your friends together. It was finally time for some scary D&D. Well, you could do that anytime, but okay. Hmm. You dimmed the lights, donned your favorite black shirt, and unleashed Strahd! Okay. <laughs> You even did that awesome trick where you lit your face with a flashlight for the entire game, but not a trace of terror could be found at your table. Well, that's because you did Strahd. And- that's just because uh, the game master in this uh, increasingly hypothetical situation is 12. But yeah, other than that, okay, sure. Uh-oh, Maliki's putting a, a bet out there. He says, I'm calling it. The X card will be mentioned. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, you know what? That, that is definitely a non-zero chance. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to take another swing at scary this Halloween, here are five fun tips to make your Dungeons & Dragons game spookier. Okay. Boop, boop, boop. All right. Pulling back the rubber band. Wait, that, that makes it spookier? Well, uh, uh, hang on. Hang on. Give him a chance. A fundamental rule in horror. Uh-oh. Okay. We're interrupted. Weird guy. Five six four for five dollars. Thank you for the five dollars. Says yes. horror and D and D. The DM opens a rip set. A rip set. Basically, yeah. That's the second dig he's got in. Those of you yep. watching this on video later, he got a dig like that a little bit earlier. But this one's going to be for posterity for everybody. <laughs> nice one. Uh, oh, hey, we don't have the segment two banner up. Can you throw that? that on the oh, screen sure. i'm very sure. bad about those banners today jeez yeah the banners are not not doing well for you okay there pulling back the rubber band a fundamental rule in horror horror and comedy share a similar principle they do they each aim to shatter preconceived notions a preconceived notion is an understanding or expectation of what is going to happen okay. comedy is supposed to do it without causing fear or discomfort well horror. it's supposed to cause some discomfort but not not fear well some comedy can absolutely yeah but horror is meant to scare you. Okay, I'm let's, on board so far. Yeah, let's look at an example. Your math teacher calls on you in class to solve an equation. We can definitely tell the target audience here, right? Yes. What would normally happen next? Say it out loud right now. On the toilet while you read this on your phone. This person knows his audience. Yep. That's your preconceived notion. Sure. Your math teacher calls on you in class to solve the to solve an equation. You answer correctly, but she shakes her head. Incorrect. A pause. Not. <laughs> Everybody laughs, shocked because she's often serious, but is now singing or slinging nineteen eras comedy. Did I say nineteen? I don't know what what about words 90s. it is. Yeah, nineties era comedy. 
a different take on the same example. Your math teacher calls on you in class to solve an equation. You answer it correctly, but she just stands there staring at you. She's so still, it's hard to tell if she's even breathing, but her eyes don't leave you. Suddenly the bell rings. She snaps back to normal as if waking from a deep sleep. Everyone hustles out of the class, shaken. The latter scenario is a great example of building well, tension. I wouldn't call it great, but it's an well, example. It's an example in, in what you can put in a paragraph. It's not a good descriptive right. thing that you do in a no. role-playing game, but I think the paragraph, because that's what it's meant to be, gets the point Fair across. Enough. Fair enough. Or pulling back the rubber band. Tension can be defined as both intense fear or suspense, as well as state of being stretched or strained. The long beat of your teacher staring at you is the building of tension, the rubber band being pulled back. The bell ringing is letting the rubber band go. If you don't pull the rubber band back far enough, it won't fly. If you pull back too far, it can snap. If you put this in like an after-school special TV kind of picture, I can see what he's saying. Okay. Experiment with pulling back the rubber band. You'll start to get a good sense of how far to pull it back, how long, and when to change things up. In D&D, this can be challenging. The rubber band doesn't just apply to characters in a scary scene, it applies to your players. They're simultaneously the characters in a horror movie and the audience watching. With enough play, you'll get comfortable terrorizing them on both levels. Okay, the, so, so far... The only reason that the person put D and D in here and not put in your generic, you know, system here is because he wanted it on D and D Beyond for some reason. Uh, so far, this is just generic storytelling for a role playing game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I agree, but you know, again, this is GM advice, possibly okay. to new dungeon masters or to dungeon masters who may fail at this. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not against advice. I mean, it's not wrong. I'm just saying that right, you yeah. know. This is very, very non D and D specific. Now, to be fair, I have not read this. I just thought it was a good topic. Okay, I read the first paragraph before I said, but it, uh, I thought it would be a good topic just for, you know, covering for segment two. Since we're coming up on Halloween. Um, wait, did I read that one? D and D this can be challenging. I read whole repetition. All right, and finally, there's good old repetition. Repetition is how we establish preconceived notions and patterns. Oh, I use this a lot in my timeline yeah. games. Absolutely. You know what your math teacher usually just drones out. Wow. Again, reading. You know that your math teacher usually just drones out, correct or incorrect and then moves on. It's happened over and over again. That's why it freaked you out when she just stared. Okay. Now, but, if you're doing something like that, it's very important to establish the routine. Yes. You have to establish the routine as, as you know, fact. And then... When the routine is disturbed, that's when everyone's actually going to notice and question it. So if you don't establish a routine, you're going to fail in this particular tension building scenario because it won't be tension. You don't know it's wrong. Number two, find fear in the familiar, which just seems to be piggybacking right off on what was said a moment ago with the repetition. Because yep. what, we'll what is repetition? It's familiarity, right? Yeah. To have a preconceived notion of a location your players first need to be familiar with it. So allow them to explore areas and let them get comfortable before using their knowledge against them. A mysterious thunk inside of an abandoned house isn't all that scary if we just walked into it for the first time. Scott here. Maybe a thunk is normal. 
But if we're somewhere familiar and there's a thunk, huh? And there's a thunk where, oh, it's probably, <laughs> we know there shouldn't be one. That's a different story. This breaks our preconceived notion of how things should be. I tend to do stuff like this at the character's home base. Yeah. Okay, I, I get this one. This is good. Okay. This is good. I mean, this is this is early days in the in the horror adventure. You do stuff like this to set a mood. I get it. I get it. Directors J directors James Wan and Mike Flanagan, don't know who they are, do a wonderful job with getting their audience familiar with the space in their horror work and prove that location exposition doesn't have to be complicated. From a family moving into a house for the first time in the conjuring. Oh, okay. To a resident uh, giving a newcomer a tour of the space in The Haunting of Bly Manor. Both the characters and the audience find a sense of the familiar with the location. Uh, the first Hellraiser. That, that bedroom, it didn't become creepy until that bedroom scene. Where, where he started melting, uh, or well, reforming. Mm -hmm. And consciously established preconceived notions about it. Again, in D&D, your players are the characters and the audience. Once you're familiar with a person, place, or thing, it's your time to strike. A mysterious thunk is a lot scarier when you know it's coming from the youngest son's bedroom and that he died last year. I, I think these tropes are a little two-dimensional, but they're, but he's making I, yeah, he's doing the right thing to make the point. Create yeah. a point, yeah. Exactly. Uh, what's this? Crafty Matt says, uh, make sure you read comments on this post. Sometimes the real D&D Beyond gold is in the crazy... Okay. We can Going do that. In the comments. Nice. Okay. Noted. Once your players are confident that the staircase leads to the cellar, change that detail. Now the stairs lead to a bedroom full of cobwebs and an ominous portrait. I struggle with that. I struggle with like dimensional changing, as I like to call it. Mm. I, I just think that it gets too... Again, I'm talking D&D. &D. You know I don't like a lot of high magic D&D. I like yeah. things to kind of be explainable, either psychologically or with simple magic. And that that breaks that for me. It's like, oh, okay, it's just magic going weird. I got it. But, but you know, this, this is done a lot, especially yes. in horror movies. Like, uh, the Amityville horror had this, um, the, uh, the shining had this where the, where the hotel would change configuration every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, th this is, this is a common trope that, that does create tension and fear. So I get it. Okay. All right. House of lament. It's a great adventure that plays with this concept. The adventurers are tasked with investigating a mysterious manner. Give your players an extra night to wander about the location before things start to escalate. Sure. Get them comfortable and then yep. pull the rug out. Yeah. What if your game is short on time and learning a new location isn't in the cards? Does your party have a home base or a regular? Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does your party have a home base or a regular, regular hang? Really? Right, hang? Yeah. Hang out? Uh, put the scary in there. A place they feel they have control over. Yes, a place they know should be safe. Yep. Absolutely agree with that. All right, next one. Twist the tropes of the game. Well, D&D doesn't have tropes anymore. You've removed them all. Yep. <laughs> the only trope there is now is, I'm represented by this elf. You've already established patterns when you play D&D with your friends. You call for perception checks and get... Ooh, <laughs> give results you ask everyone to roll initiative these are patterns that are all up for grabs when you're trying to instill an element of fear at your table remember when we talked about the rubber band effect by both the character in your story and the audience playing them 
Here is where it can be fun and work to your advantage. At the top of my one-shots, everyone typically gets to do their characters and in introductions. Ugh. As the DM, I guide our attention to the library, and then a player takes over. At the library, you see Jim Corker, a human fighter. He's clearly a sailor, clearly drunk, and he clearly thinks he's at the bar. Everyone laughs. I guide us across the street where we meet the next character. Don't ever start your characters in different locations. Now, maybe it works for a horror thing, but generally speaking, it's a bad idea. Well, no, it, it's, it's really good for small town horror settings, but generally, no, you're right. Before the next player can introduce his character, though, I ask him to make a perception check. That's weird. We're like, are we playing? He now has to introduce his character knowing something is amiss. He's not alone. The danger has already begun. This changes the mood at the table. The film 28 Days Later, you know, that's one I've started to watch like 15 times and I get like five minutes into it. And I'm always distracted. I still don't know what that movie's about. Um, the film 28 Days Later introduces its lead as he's discovering that he's completely alone and that something is very, very wrong. Side note, I had a game master for another game run adventure. He helped me. I, I helped him write it, uh, certain parts of it. I wasn't playing in it that did this. He got a group of players. Now, I know what everybody in the chat is going to say. I wouldn't stay at that table doing this. No, they loved it. And they loved it because he presented it wonderfully. Partially because it was his idea and I helped him flower it out. But it was really an adventure for one person. All the characters made, or all the players made characters that ended up being NPCs except for one character. And it was something, it was essentially something like this. This character was all alone. And all these NPCs were just thoughts in his imagination. And this, I, I could never pull this off myself. I, I would never try to run this, but even I was sitting there enthralled with what he was doing. Everybody at the table loved it, even though it was really just a one-on-one -on -one with the, everybody else acting as spectators. Uh, it was for a vampire game, by the way. I uh, have the same thing with a vampire game, too. Yep. Awesome. Maybe that's the one game you can pull that off in. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's something very, very, very wrong. Choices like this break the preconceived notion of what the beginning of a game should be and sets the tone for an intense session. Uh, okay. Again, I would struggle with that, but I get, I, I get what he's putting down. Speaking of, how often do we ask for perception checks? Hopefully never, because... <laughs> Pick your moment, and instead of merely, merely saying it succeeds or fails, ask him. Uh, with that high of a roll, how did you not hear that? Wait, wait, wait. What? You, you wouldn't even be able to say that if they didn't hear it. That's, that, that, that's, that's breaking the, the GM player boundary right there. Yeah. Yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm not about that last paragraph. That's not good. Unless, unless it was a success. If it was a success, he said, how did you not notice that? A few seconds ago, you heard that thump. I could see it in that case. So yeah, it just didn't register with you. Like again, I'm 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 pushing I'm pushing that envelope. I'm not saying I yeah. agree with this fully. I'm I'm trying, but as far as the failure goes, no, no. Leave 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 them wondering what they missed. In a similar vein, everyone has his own variation of how to do or how do you want to do this. 
It's a celebratory moment when a monster dies. Yeah, okay. It's a release of the rubber band. We're victorious. We're safe. That's when the dead monster grabs the leg of the character who just cut it in half. The, was it the juju zombie? So is yep. that the one that does that? I think so. D&D is a blend of storytelling elements and social interaction. Mess with them both! Get creative! Can you turn long rests against your players? Well, oh God, that's the day. number one way to do it. Yeah. Uh, insight checks. Don't do it every time, of course. Use repetition to lure your players in. There's actually something very important here that, that, uh, that he's getting across that I like. One of the things I do in my game, Heathen Dog knows he's in my game, mm-hmm. is I love to write notes to, to players and say, this note is bullshit, but react to it. And they'll pick it up and be like, do you mean this? Or another one might go, oh, or I'll just play along with however the character reacts. Right. Or I had one just crumple it up and throw it against the wall, and everybody's like, what do you do? I wrote perception check. I want to figure this out. What happened? <laughs> I love doing that crap because I'll send a note to him another time and be like, hey, uh, in the corner, you notice these things up to you if you want to tell the party, uh, you know, whatever. So sometimes they're real, sometimes they're not. And it, it gets people uh, messed up. Or I'll just be like, hey, uh, what's your saving throw versus uh, versus uh, uh, petrification, po- you know, whatever. Uh, 15. Okay. Can I roll? Just, no, no, no. I no, got no, it right no. here. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing shit like that. Yeah. So, um, Use repetition to lure your players in and test the rubber band to see what works best. Now, personalize your story's horror. Stakes should be personal. This is why I run visceral games. I don't run visceral games to just be graphic for the point of being graphic. A lot of people go, oh, Max just wants to be graphic. No, I do it because I want it to be personal. I don't do, I mean, I'm not saying I've never done it. What I'm saying is I don't generally do the rape scene or the uh, um or the child the, the the child murder scene although that really does get you know people thinking I, I don't do all that stuff constantly but i will absolutely sprinkle that stuff out there if i need to make it personal for you and if you don't react like oh it's just a dead body on the side of the road yeah but it's somebody you know Death happens. Okay, is your character a cold-blooded murderer? I mean, do you have do you have some sort of sociopath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sociopathy. Like, come on now. It's one of the reasons why I love the free league games, or at least Forbidden Lands, because Forbidden Lands has a rule in the game that unless you take the the talent cold-blooded, you have to waste a talent on this. You can't just coup de gras people because it's not that easy to do. So um, anyway, uh, there's usually a reason a family can't leave the haunted house. There's a reason why your characters feel it's worth it to kill or be killed by a demon. There's a reason we're crossing this zombie wasteland. There's a city that the virus hasn't touched. Your tragically missing husband might be there. While the domains of dread, the nightmare demiplanes that formed the Ravenloft setting, Offer endless frameworks for fear. It is important to fill those frameworks with personal stakes. Yes, 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 yes. And I hate to say it to people, but do you know what some of the personal stakes are? I need to get the hell out of here because my paladin casts spells at two levels lower. Oh, I don't use that rule. Why wouldn't you use that rule? We just hang around. A paladin is a beacon. So is a good cleric. Is a Bacon in Ravenloft. Everybody goes, wait, what just happened in my domain? I don't care what domain you're in. It's like, 
Um, something good and holy just walked in here, and that thing that's good and holy is going, God, I get the shit the hell's going on. Oh, I don't use those rules. It, it did gimps the character. Yeah, that's the point. You're you're not in Disneyland, you're in Ravenloft. You should be at a definite disadvantage. Yeah. Uh just an offer and frameworks for fear. It's important for yeah, personal stakes. If you have a player desperate to get some backstory shared, screw the backstory nonsense. If you have a good role-playing, forgoes the backstory nonsense. Your horror game is the perfect opportunity. After all, what's better than your player revealing that he's searching for his lost mom? A mysterious message that says she's taken up residence with, an, a, uh, with a lord in a strange land called Barovia. Now, that would be kind of cool. I like that. Mm. Especially if the players know what Ravenloft is. Dear son. Well, your mom's fucked. I mean, that's yeah, it. Right, right. We got to save my mom. No, we don't. <laughs> I don't think you should either. Your mom's dead. You, uh, you, you remember remember that that uh, that story about the, the vampire brides and stuff? Your mom's a vampire bride now. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, if, if you go there, she's going to try and have sex with you and you're going to have to kill her. I've seen this movie. <laughs> so no we're not going to barovia we're going to the pub <laughs> right <laughs> that looks yeah, like uh, one of these guys and it's not great is this a D D adams family i guess so okay or maybe you have a player who is always down to be a little extra well picked up the wrong puzzle box and are slowly being possessed by a demon. Yeah, everybody's done this one. Yep. But it is a neat trick, uh, neat trope. Uh, this usually uh, in my experience turns into the dream sequence, which I hate. No, mm. let the crap happen. Let the crap happen. Dream. I hate that. Yep. I hate that. I, I've walked away from two tables because of that. Uh, e even, even if it's horror, just let it happen. Let it happen. Um, it's up to the party to discover the secrets of the strange catacombs, lest they watch their friend at the table be consumed by evil. The Mothman, okay, scroll down. The Mothman prophecies, never even heard of that one. Awesome. Or in the Mothman prophecies, the protagonist is drawn to the monster because he believes it could connect him with a lost loved one. How would you, how would you approach that in a D&D &D game? Other than just saying good role playing, how would you approach that into a D&D &D game? Um, well, there are uh, wraiths turn people they kill into into wraiths and and maybe there's lore where if you kill the the original wraith the other person's soul will be saved i don't know you, you could do a lot of stuff like that yeah i guess if you actually have the lost because i guess i was picturing the lost loved one actually being lost like somebody i didn't know anymore but yeah mm -hmm. i guess i guess yeah but if i if i witnessed the death or if i knew that the person was turned into a wraith i could see that okay yeah yeah, yeah. um this leads the protagonist to spiral what a delightfully spooky gift to give the player at your table itching to stretch his acting chops. And I think this is the last one. Didn't they say five? I think so. Or he or, he, or whoever the fuck wrote this. Let your players fill in the gaps. Yeah, that, that is good horror is you don't describe everything. You let the imagination of the person take it away. And it's a lot scarier than anything you can come up with most of the time. It happens to all of us. We're watching a horror movie, and what's pictured in our head is so scary, the monster reveal is a total letdown. I, I have a problem with that. I, I love the fact that people can get into horror movies, but almost every horror movie to me is corny. The mm. only reason I like Hellraiser, even though it's corny, is I like the premise of it. 
the movies themselves are kind of eh. um saw i like the puzzles even though they got boring after like the second one but i didn't like it as a movie series like i have never seen a, a, a horror movie that's actually enthralled me um what, what's that science fiction one uh event horizon that was pretty yeah. cool I I, I I I like that one. That one sucked me in a bit. But as far as the horror genre goes, other than jump scares, and I think we all jumps. You know, it's just human. You have I have a reflex, right? Other than that, I just don't get into horror. For five dollars, thank you, Crafty. For five dollars, had a player be the big bad end guy. The PC was looking to revive an old god. He was using the party to his own game. Okay. At the end, he burst open, revealing. The big bad end guy. You know what? If you can work that out with the player and do it well, I approve this message. Yeah, the problem is, though, everyone else at that table is going to be pissed at you for a while. Trust me. Even I if you did it well, even if it was cinematic and awesome, there, there, there's going to be there's going to be butt hurtness. So, what about the Alien movie? I don't consider the Alien movie a horror movie. I do consider it a suspense movie, but I don't consider it a, a horror movie. Action but, suspense. but really with that in mind. You know what? Good point. Because I saw Alien when I was six years old. I actually convinced my dad to take my real dad to take me to that uh, movie, and I did have nightmares afterward. Yeah. So, so like, for a six-year-old, very horror. Yeah. I, I. You know, it might be slow by modern standards, but I loved it. Like, I still love it to this day. So, okay. Oh, where are we at? Have always watched horror. D and D is no different. Fact, it could be even bigger because your players are imagining every bit of the story you're unraveling with them. So let them do the heavy lifting. Sometimes let them describe what the evil forest looks like. They describe something you like. Seize it as a weapon for your own use. Hmm. I struggle with this, and here's why. Most of the players in my games are probably smarter than me. Yeah, I just said that. And I say that because they're always trying to do gotchas and gitches. If I were to let them describe the forest, they would describe it in a way that would give them all the advantages. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this this part of the forest was taken over by the Care Bears. Oh, it's great yeah, here. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like, oh, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got a vine here that I can drink out of. And, oh, there's a holy sword on the ground. I'm exaggerating, but you get what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah. it's funny how all the trees here are spikes that I can just push things into and kill you. <laughs> like... So, uh, but I, again, I understand what he's trying to say in this, if that makes sense. Oh, your player said that the recent rainfall dripping from the leaves, of the trees look like blood. Roll perception. No, don't roll perception. Just look at, I, this is what I hate about modern games, man. Yeah. Well, no, uh, crafty crafty did this earlier in chat. He said that even in the player's handbook for five E it says that before they roll perception, they have to tell what they're doing. Like, what are you trying to perceive? And then they roll perception. See, I like, like the free league version, which is like if they look at the blood or at the rain, it's blood. You know, it's like you don't need a perception check. Go, oh, it's red. Well, oh, yeah, that that, <laughs> yeah the, but that that's the whole thing. I mean, they could be in denial. Like, okay, the 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 wall is bleeding. Like, no, it's just red paint. You look at it, you fail your perception check. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably red paint. Okay, I mean, I, I, and I think good role playing leads to that as well. But as far as a game mechanic goes to initiate that, I guess I could see that. Okay. Uh, how much more is there to this article? I also love letting players take the wheel when describing characters' dreams. In fact, focus on a single player, make that dream recur. This is a common trope. You've got to be careful with it, though, because those of us who watched Dallas back in the 1980s hate this. Okay, we hate this. Let the table 
get used to the repetitive beats of the dream. Been here, done this, and this can be done well. I'm, I'm recollecting the times that I've been through this, and I, I remember times that this was done well, and I remember times when, it had, when it's been done horribly. Trick them into a pattern. Pull the rubber band enough and gently take over, gently, there we go, English, take over the dream. The faceless man on the throne isn't there this time. Instead, it's one of your party members laughing at you. Or if you're a fan of jump scares, whoops, the faceless man is right behind you. Good luck with jump scares in a in a tabletop role playing yeah. game. Keep them guessing in combat. The important thing about horror is the lasting impact it has on a character. Okay, combat, especially at low levels, is often not particularly impactful. See bandit, fight bandit, kill bandit. Is D and D really that comical now? <laughs> see bandit, fight bandit, lick your wounds for three days as you're trying to heal. <laughs> That's a one hit point a day. Uh, anyway, take the basics a step or two further can pay off. Taking the basics. You know, I'm not even going to try to read anymore. A monster deals psychic damage. What does that mean exactly? A brief migraine? Or do you leave combat entirely? Walking a character through a nightmare of his own description while the psychic damage tears through his mind. I, do you let players describe that? Do you have players good enough to describe that? No. Well, no, there, there, aren't, there aren't many players I trust. Yeah, fair, fair. Describe something like that. Yeah. And I, I would honestly, I would screw it up because I'd try too hard to try to figure out what the GM was trying to... So yeah. Uh, when it comes to horror and combat, nothing is ever simple. Fair. Okay. Or as it seems. Slashers and masks always get up and no terrain is easy to cross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. No, no, okay, yeah, I see that. Visibility is always obscured. Sure. And sometimes... Things just don't make any sense. Initiative gets rolled to fight a simple brigand. No threat to your high-level party, but no matter how much damage they inflict, he keeps coming. He won't stop. In fact, he bemoans the fact that killing you is the only way this ends. You've killed him now, what, a dozen times over? It just won't end. Why? That, that would be pretty pretty funny for a game master. I mean, you, you, are, you, know, you have a group of 9, 10, 11, 12 level uh characters and the the enemy is a, is a third level grunt or a thug or whatever and you easily kill him but he's he's out to kill you and he can't be reasoned with he can't be talked to he's like this has to happen i gotta kill you and you kill him the next day he comes back each time he's learning a little more about you he's getting a little closer to actually hurting you because he he retains his memories and and he he's you know thinking of different tactics stuff like that and then about the sixth or seventh day you capture him and you're you you're trying to talk to him and and all all he says is this won't end until i kill you <laughs> it, it's it's said so and then he starts leaking black fluid from his nose and ears and he he breaks out of the restraints and comes at you again you have to kill him but he still comes back tomorrow you know that that that's good. That's good. I like that. That's why? scary as hell. So why won't it end? No clue. Is it a particular spell from the player's handbook? Not necessarily. Get over here. When DMing a D and D horror game, heighten the moment and twist the rules however you need to. Whoa, 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 whoa! Highlight that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, I, I don't know what just happened here. D and D Beyond's oh fifth edition, God. right? D and D Beyond. Oh, they must not have read the whole thing, right? 
twist the rules however you need to. That is verboten. I love what it. What is going on? Holy I love crap. it. That's a that's an atom bomb. <laughs> I love this next line. Just because some nerd in a Wes Craven movie knows all the rules to scary movies doesn't mean that your players understand rules to your scary game. So be creative and attentive. Actually, no, what you're doing is cheating. But if it's a horror flick, shouldn't it feel like she did? Isn't Jason who keeps not dying cheating? Yeah. Isn't Freddy who kills you in your fucking dreams not cheating? He's cheating. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm with it. Let's get spooky. Hopefully you'll find something here you like for Halloween. Horror can be tough to crack in D&D, but it's incredibly rewarding for a table that's on board for a spooky night. Have fun. Okay, I'll go with it. And if it doesn't always go according to plan, you'll get them next time. That sounds like the end. Overall, I'm, I'm okay with that article. Yeah. I mean, yes. There's not a whole lot wrong with that. I mean, I, I, I think that the D and D portions of it were shoehorned in. So, so D and D mod would, you know, write it in, especially having seen that, you know, don't follow the rules if you don't want to thing, which is like heresy nowadays. But uh, yeah, other than that, I thought that was a good article. Good job, Joe. So um, looking at these, ch uh, the chat now, cause crafty said we have to, uh, nothing. I want to see if there's anything, the amazing article. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. It's helpful. Take ordinary mundane things, make them on you. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find something that would really go, oh my God. This is really inspiring and helpful. Okay. What an amazing article. Okay. A lot of pandering. Yeah. It's a lot of pandering. But you okay. know what? Admit, the, the, these could be new new game masters and yeah. they didn't think of this stuff before. So I get it. You know, it's yeah, fine. Absolutely. And it seemed and to be targeted at, at a younger audience. I was wrong. No X card. Alec, it was wrong. No X card in here. Okay. Well, I, I guess if we're if, even if we're talking D and D, if we're talking horror and spookiness, X cards are not allowed. That should bleed over to all things. But there you go. So I, I can tell you from experience here. Like for me, I don't do horror well. I mean, I can do slasher horror because I like visceral. I like you to feel part of it. Mm -hmm. Though some people will say that a lot of my games are horror because I keep that motif going through and through and if i start seeing that that players are starting to take murder and death casually i change i change things up and i make it personal so i kind of in a way according to this run light horror constantly now the flip side heathen dog over here he runs investigative campaigns that i can't do like i just don't i don't have the patience and i just yeah I, it's not my cup of not full-on investigative type stuff like you know the call of cthulhu's and uh Chill Gamer says, I recently used it. I had so that starred. One character heard a dripping sound. I wound up changing that I was going to because I realized I was getting a potentially a total player total player kill and didn't want that. Okay, yeah. Uh, you're, some, some, sometimes your initial plan to scare them can, can get them all killed if they do the wrong thing. And if you don't want them to total player wipe, you know, total, total team wipe, then uh, you got to change it up. Like, no, now is not the time for the team wipe. I still have more exposition to do. I can't have you all die now. So I get that. You know, that well, again, can you leave uh, that? Because I had that one starred because I wanted to add a comment know, on that's this. Why, that's why I put it on there. All right. So um, I don't know if I'm two minds of this. So I get what you're saying, but I'm of the mindset that uh, unless you built your adventure 
poorly and i don't mean that you did anything wrong i i've I've built them poorly as well i thought that this challenge would be a challenge and not a death or an easy role for them i I get that but uh i'm like if a tpk happens a tpk happens especially if it's because they didn't do their own research or if they miss something on their own volition or impatience or whatever let it happen i'm a firm believer in letting in that now if it's something that you looked at and said oh crap this was my fault it's a dungeon master we've all done it i know i've done it Yep. Then okay, then then I get what you're saying, and yeah, okay. Uh, so let's see. One of the freakiest things I've seen is someone do as a narrative device is have people find bits of writing about themselves oh, as if it had yeah, been written no. five minutes ago. Yes, but it appears to be years. Yes, I actually uh one of the Call of Cthulhu Masters tournament, uh round one or round two, that I did in the early 2000s or late 90s, uh. We, we were going up Mount Everest. I was the photographer. And uh, I found a, a camera in the snow, half buried in the snow. And I, I unburied it and I saw that it was my camera. And, no, it was exactly like my camera, except it was all banged and, and dented and destroyed. And it had a, it had a plate in it that, that, was, that, that was exposed. So I took the plate, put it in my back. Oh, you know, someone dropped their camera. I can get this back down to base camp. And the, the, the game master allowed me to create a dark room in my tent to, uh, to look at the negative safely. And it was a picture of us at the top minus one guy. (laughs) And on the way up, that guy died. And when we got there, I took this picture and then realized, oh my God, I took this picture before. And then five minutes later, me and my camera fell off of the cliff (laughs) and the camera fell back in time. to like a day or two ago where i found it so yeah that happened that's freaky <laughs> uh mark hockman again says letting a player describe the bad guys too close to player yeah, agency <laughs> it is it is you're right that's why i wouldn't i wouldn't trust a player to do it um alien rpg or call of cthulhu does horror best with its stress and insanity mechanics two other games i'll add on there both free league Twilight 2000 has a stress mechanic because of, you know, shell shock for war. And so does Coriolis. A lot of people forget that Coriolis has a breaking, uh, was it breaking point? What the hell is it called? Whatever, but it has its own stress mechanic as well. But I do get what he's saying because the stress mechanic in Alien is a bit more prevalent. So Yeah. Uh, game masters aren't cheating when they use tropes. I agree. I agree. That. Especially if they're common tropes that you can put, that you say, okay, I get where that's Everyone going. A horror game could work really well if the player who's tired of his character just kill him off and let him roll a new one. Well, okay, well, yeah, yeah, but that's not why you're doing the horror game. Well, it maybe it is. It could be. It could be, but it's kind of lame. Can I die in a uh, slasher flick? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Whatever. I don't see. That's the thing. If you're so. Uh, so this is a this is a personal issue of mine i hate it when players like you know what i'm bored of my ranger i want to play something else no <laughs> like like no what do you mean i'm bored i'm just bored of playing it i just you know well what's wrong with it is there something that's not happening you shouldn't be bored of your character you should be playing a character now if there's something that you're not viable with or you're i don't know what did you think you're or, you know play? you feel like you haven't gotten proper growth in I can toward that. a thing you, you that your character wants to achieve talk it out with me maybe we can you know you know we 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 can have a day per character that they can grow you know them themselves or grow toward a goal 
that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll definitely work with you on that one. But uh, just generally bored malaise of your character and want to play a different one. I mean, if there are people waiting in line to get in the game, then you're out and they're in. You know, if you really want to do that. But, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. You were there when I was doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, if you get yourself killed on purpose, no one in the group is going to forgive you. Because now, now they're one person down, you know? So, you know, tread lightly on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it, I'm not saying I never let a player do that. Uh, what I really do put the kibosh on, though, is, okay, you played a thief, you played a ranger, you played a wizard, now you want to play, well, you know, I just, I only like playing characters for a couple of weeks, and then I got to try something else. Okay, take your ADD elsewhere. Yeah. I can't have that at my table. You need a different table. All right, last one I have starred anyway is I don't really think horror would work very well in D&D. There are moments that a group is really scared for an encounter or so, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, like, like I said, in this whole article thing, it seems like the, the idea of D&D was shoehorned in and yeah. it was more talking about general role-playing games. And it'd be harder for a game like D&D, especially 5e, because they, they they ruined Ravenloft and it's not a scary game to begin with. Scooby Doo now. It'd be, it would be easier for for other games. You know, it would yeah. be a lot easier for an alien game because it's made mm -hmm. for that. Or it'd be, it'd be a lot easier for even a you know a GURPS game because it can be anything. You know, it'd be a lot easier for Palladium, like Beyond the Supernatural, or or uh, you know stuff like that. It'd be a lot easier for other games. D and D, I understand it's harder, but it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It's probably not the best choice, but uh, at the same time, there's no reason why you couldn't put it into your game. Right. Uh, it was, well, hold on. Before I get to that one, just real quickly, maybe your character's just tired, eventually wants to retire. Again, I, I put it on the player, not the character. If you're really dead set against playing that character, I'll, I'll usually let you do it once. It's after that, like, like, okay, you keep rotating characters here. Well, I just, you know, I'm trying to find what's me. Now, Play your damn character. Otherwise, just find another table. I don't. I don't like that kind. Of, unless I kill you, and yeah, I, the only person I've ever heard this from, although apparently it is a, a thing that happens, is Umbri on our Discord. But she's talked a bunch of times about. Well, it's just the the thief who keeps killing himself because he doesn't want to do it. Well, that player is going to be out of my group. Like I just, if you're not taking your character's life somewhat seriously, I don't want you you're in the not group. Playing the game right. Now, if now if you're if this is your first time playing the game, or if you really thought, you know, I've seen my friends play Wizards, and I thought it'd be great, and I just realized it's not. I don't want to do it. I'll probably let you change. But if you come back to me a month later, oh, you know what? The fighter just isn't doing it for me now. I, I want to do... No. Uh, like what he said about using the rules to cause tension. Asking for dice rolls without saying, well, yeah, doesn't every dungeon master do that, though? Well, no, hang on. This this could be it didn't say, but it, new dungeon masters don't don't have their you know the, the tools in the tool belt. You know, that's fair. So this is good. Making dice rolls behind my screen that players don't know what I'm doing. For. Yeah. And yeah. this is this is why I I push back against people. Like, Always oh, rolling for the players. No, fuck that. No. First of all, no. I have a DM screen for a reason. If you don't trust me as the game master, go away. I have no reason to cheat you. I want to see your success as well because you're helping me progress the story. Oh, it's your story? No, my timelines. You're helping me progress whatever comes out of this, and it's all good for me. At the same time, if you die, I get to have a smile on my face too. <laughs> Either way, I get to have a smile on my face. So I'm not out to get you. There's no, oh, there's private roles. Yes, you can do private roles. 
All right. I think that's good for segment two. And uh, let's pop on into segment three because I'm going to have to edit these, uh, <laughs> these, these down a little bit. And uh, right, I'll let's... go ahead and put in the link. Okay. I'll get the branding stuff up. Well, actually, let me end segment two. Hey, forget to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, what did you think of our, our review? Is that a review? Our reaction to uh, reaction that D&D thing. Beyond article? Uh, again, didn't read it beforehand. Just thought it might be good for, you know, the sign of the times because, you know, we're coming up on Halloween. The zeitgeist, as they like to say. And be sure to like, subscribe, share. You can check the links below in the description to find out all about us. Join our Discord. Lots of great things happening over there. And I hope you all have a great day. No, no, no. What? We forgot that. <laughs> oh, you keep. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me get this. <laughs> We're still in segment two. I lied. It's bonus segment two. Bonus time for everyone who's at the end. This this is your MCU after credit scene. <laughs> if you didn't watch this part, well, that's on you. You thought yep. we were done? Lied. We lied. Or I lied. All right. Oh. What do we got? All right. Previous segment. Tabletop. Okay. That was the last segment two that we did. Yep. So Fat Gamer, who has been chatting with us today and who is on the Friday Night Chill stream last week. Yep. Um, I'll admit when I first started playing, I did have a video game mentality towards it. Uh, towards my, okay. Towards, towards it. it. My GM, unfortunately catered to that. Now that I'm a GM, I tried to avoid that and encourage more in-depth and imagination, imaginative yep. gameplay. Good. Yes. That hey, you know what? If you started there and grew, great. If you started there and stayed, bad. All the lies today. Just a bunch of big fat liars. <laughs> Lying liars who lie. Yeah. Right, uh, next one is uh yeah, I don't have much to add to that other than saying like that that's good. I mean, but that's a natural growth. I mean, do you think I first of all, I'm not a perfect GM right now. How many times do I have to tell people about the last Earthon campaign I ran just a couple years ago where I bombed that one and it was my fault? All right. Doug Carey says for new players, I used to have a slightly more experienced NPC mercenary under my control as part of the party who could offer suggestions in case they're stuck. Mm. I usually <laughs> I usually knocked him off as a, as a plot point later once the players are comfortable. It's a great way to boost immersion and motivation to progress this, progress further in the story. It worked really, really well. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, uh, uh, personally, I wouldn't uh, uh, NPC mercenary un under your control. Uh, did, did the party hire this mercenary? Was 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 it them that did it? And then you you control him as a as a hireling, and then later on the hireling dies. Okay. You know what why is it why is he there? If it's just cuz you want him there as as an exposition tool, well, they're going the players going to see through that. If he said two things on you, he says if if without these two things, I would say hell no to this and never works well, but he said two things in here that I like. Starts off by saying for new players, and then says he gets rid of them once, uh, you know, for, as a plot point. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Because usually how this happens is it becomes the GM's pet. And the right. players just show up to watch the GM play the game. Right. Yeah. But, you, you don't want to control a, a permanent NPC. You don't want that. That's too much work. And, and you're, you're going to ruin the storytelling for everybody because now you're telling both sides instead of just yours.
you're telling the player side too. It's not good. <laughs> I don't know what this is about, but well, Victor, if you haven't watched our streams before, <laughs> this is calm. <laughs> this is calm for segment two. Anyway, calm. this is why we may be changing segment two to not be this. More, but yeah, uh, but welcome. It's good to see you. And the last comment. The real monkey rogue. Comment one is how my friends and I all handle it. It just circles around. We actually celebrate how manipulative it is. But you have to realize my backstory has influenced the GM's world, which means now I have a stake in the game. I want to be there. I want to see it through. So who's manipulating whom? That's a whom, not a who. Mm -hmm. So who's manipulating whom? He's helping me tell my character's story. Makes sense? Makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. But I will say I am still manipulating you because all players dance in the palm of my hand, <laughs> whether they realize it or not. I framed out the world. Your backstory has to fit in it. It's not going to alter my plans. It's going to alter your perception of my plans. Because again, you're, you're not making moves. You are, you are going down the path I want you to. You just don't realize it. I am definitely manipulating you. There you go. You got it from Heathen Dog. Uh, Crafty, I, I, uh, like I said, I understand why he was doing it. And for the, that previous commenter, for that new players, and, and by axing yeah, yeah. off the character for a plot it point. He was like, oh, no, I love doing this every time. You know, yeah. every, every time that my characters go into a new area, I always have a, a, an NPC I control that talks to them and holds their hand and, and wipes their little tushies and stuff. Yeah, then, then yeah, Dan, Dan needs to hold someone's hand on the way down. You're right. All right. Now we're done with segment two. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, you already put the link out there for segment three. Let me put the banner up. And uh, all right. You know the deal. Be a follower, follower, subscriber. What's the difference? Well, one's Twitch, one's YouTube. There you go. Uh, pithy, one topic or anecdote. And watch the language. Don't go there. If I get me kicked off YouTube. But again, we've been calm today. We've been calm today. But if I get me kicked off YouTube, that's one thing. You get me kicked off YouTube, I've got a, I've got a forty five sitting within like less hey, than hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Don't make me shoot one of my cats. There you go. Well, <laughs> no, no, shooting cats is always good. No, cats right there. Are like the, the I'm holding it right now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, healer of breath of small children. That's what they do. All right, Mark Hawkman, what you got? Oh, hey, um. One of the things that I, I was thinking about was the whole like investigative storytelling thing. Cause yep. like that actually kind of sort of goes hand in hand with the horror thing, because in a horror, a lot of the time getting rid of the bad guy is basically a caveat emptor thing where you need to find the magic bullet to kill the guy. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out what the magic bullet is before you can even know where to look. Or solve his mommy bullet. issues. <laughs> Well, yeah. no, I, I, I understand. I think I know where you're going with this. The, the investigative horror rather than regular horror differs to me in this one significant way. With investigative horror, you're having the players scare themselves. They have to investigate the cult or the vampire or whatever. And the more they learn, the scareder they get until they find that silver bullet you're talking about. But up until then, they're like, oh, my God. 
the more I read about this, the 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 more I don't like this this Stalin guy. This is not great, you know. <laughs> See, I like the more psychological horror where it's not the magic bullet, but it's like the magic action you have to. It's like we have to push him back through the mirror, right? right. You know, things like where, that. With, whereas with regular non-investigative horror, it's your job to scare the players. Where investigative horror, they're actually scaring themselves the more they yeah. dig into this supernatural nonsense. Absolutely. All right. What's your one follow-up, Mark Hockman? Oh, uh, well, it's like uh, one of the things that I, I thought of is that can kind of like ha- having NPCs at the pl- that like that guy who says like this guy is here to guide the players in a certain direction and he's sure. controlled by the DM, but mm-hmm. he's not really going to be there all of the time because he's you know doing NPC things for NPC reasons. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that that's a good way to say you know well, hey where 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 the hell's where the hell's Jason? Mm-hmm. It's like well he's he t- today he's got to help his family you know plow the fields or whatever. He 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 can't spend time with you guys all the time. He's not really one of your party. You're not you're not tight. You know he's he's, he's got he's got a family to feed. He's got five kids to feed. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was four. All right, well thank you, Mar Hockman, and now I'm gonna bring in Fat Gamer. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. I was trying a headset, but didn't seem to connect when I tried to went live with you guys. Well, right now there's no warbling, so we're good. We're I don't good. know what happened Friday because I actually got a lot of positive response for you being on the Friday show stream. So that was good, except for the warbling in the background. So if we fix that, yeah, that'd be, I think it'll be fun to have you on the show again. Okay. Anyway, you're, well, you're good now. What so I want to talk about was, was <laughs> scaring your players. Mm-hmm. Yep. As a one of my favorite strategies when, because in my case, I have most of my players never had any personal place they called home. I had to do okay. the scariness in the setting, but I'd always follow like in, uh, like in the aliens or the mommy movies and use the setting itself to scare the living daylights out of you. Gotcha. And, oh, and I love the random roles. Like I'd make them, I'd make them actually roll initiative. And when they ask why they roll initiative, you could have sworn you seen something attack you out of the corner or you felt something behind you. And they hated that because they never knew when initiative was actually going to pop up on them. See, I, I would argue but, with uh, you, except for that. That does seem to I, I I see what you're saying. And that does make sense. Like, I, I hate initiative roles, unnesssary initiative roles. OK, like one of the things that, OK, I want to shoot that guy over there. We'll roll initiative. Why? I'm shooting. He's not even prepared for me to fight. I should just shoot. Like there's nothing, there's no, I'm not starting a combat. He's going to die. Or after I hit him, he's going, oh crap, there's combat. But the way you're explaining that, that actually makes sense. I I, I can get with that. You know what? I've actually, that gave me an idea as well. But this is only for the warrior classes, fighter, ranger, cavalier, whatever. They, they walk into say a haunted house or something like that. And all of their senses are, are, are being assailed by things that are just a little bit not right. They're the ones who are going to react to, to stuff that is just wrong. They're going to instinctively react and draw their weapon because they've trained their bodies to react to danger in a certain way that the wizard, the rogue, and the bard have not. So they're the ones who are going to be more on edge. And I would push that narrative to, uh, you know, like, oh, shit, the, the, the fighter and, and, the, and the paladin are shaking. Because their adrenaline is spiking the entire time because everything around them feels wrong. An attack feels imminent. They're, they're, all the senses they've honed throughout their years of fighting are screaming at them that something is wrong. 
Yeah. But no one else can sense it. That's cool. Yeah. That, that, yeah, you gave me, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to use that. Oh, shit. No, right there. <laughs> All right, no, do right you have there. one follow-up? Uh, when it comes to atmosphere, you always want to make sure that you um, not just like say it's spooky, but like what I like to do is say the walls feel like they're alive, not in there moving, but in the fact that they're confining you, like as if something's trying to pull you in or they may even coiling, digest you. Coiling around you. Yeah. You know, give it a, give it a, like a uh a, a, a description that that makes them feel like it's closing in. I had yeah, a game exactly. master do something similar to that. What he did was he actually gave us bad dimensions. Like uh, the 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 room feels uh, it's dark. Um, barely getting any light in here. I don't remember exactly words he used, but uh, he's like it's about twenty feet by fifty feet, and we're thinking, okay, twenty feet by fifty feet, we can do these things. Really, it was bigger than that, but that's how he once we got into combat you'd be like that's not 20 by 50 like right but it's it was such a confining face that uh, space that's how you felt i was like you're a dick but that was awesome yeah so all right yeah. uh thank you very much fat gamer I, again uh look forward to your videos and if you want to post those ideas that you had on our discord uh you're welcome to do so uh, get our community involved by all means please do so yep yeah. have a good day all right so I put the last call out there, and just so anybody knows right. what this is, this is like a radio call-in show. We're not, we're not like, oh, we hate all these people. No, no, we do it like a radio call-in show. Somebody comes in, we let them make a point, then we have uh, they make one follow-up, and then uh, on to the next. Uh, on to the next, which there aren't any next right now. I put the last call out there. Well, I said anybody want to join, but uh, same thing. We'll Give call it last call. Yep. Then if nobody else pops in, we'll end the show. Um. Yeah. So I. I hope everybody had fun today. <laughs> I'm debating whether I'm going to edit some things out of that riffs video. I don't think so. Fuck it. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm the mindset. You know what? Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Got another oh, yeah, one now. Nerdy Coming in right in the wire. Yeah. Nerdy Ogre slides in. <laughs> All right. Safe. What's going on, Nerdy Ogre? How you doing today? Doing good. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good, good. See, here's how I've always explained, or here, here's how I've explained riffs. Uh, as as far as balancing, so I hate that. I hate it. Well, it, well, it's so imbalanced. Everybody complains that it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be. So imagine, imagine if you will, I give you a Glock. Yep. Send you out into the woods. Yep. And say you have you're about to have a, a a U.S. Army Ranger unit come after you. Good luck. It's not fair. Oh, yeah, it's die. imbalanced. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. That's the. But, but it's uh, imbalanced in two different directions, though. Because it, have you seen the amount of skills a Borg gets? They get crap for skills. They get like what, fifteen skills, some shit like that. It's like it's horrible. You now you go over there to the cyber dock. It's like you know, it's like um, when you're in your role, you succeed and you're awesome. If it's just about the pew pew, well then play a pew pew class. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and it's it's. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if you take one of the squishy OCCs. Mm -hmm. and, and as and I've always figured you need to have an imbalance. You need to have, you know, the squishy OCCs with the uh with the crunchy the the not squishy OCCs. the support classes. Yeah. So the support classes with the combat classes, yeah. Right. Because if you have you're going to come up against things that your squishy OCC uh, uh, can't handle. If yeah. you don't, if you don't, you got a bad game master. Yeah, it's, right. it's, 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 
Yeah, it's it's a whole give it's a whole give and take holistic approach to a party as a whole. During during the combat and the fight, uh, all all of your combat classes are going to excel. But if they don't have support classes like bards, troubadours, whatever, going to sell the loot or or getting information about a about a, about a thing you're going to or or uh, even even negotiating services of a of a scout yep. is going to be ten times harder because they have no skill in it. And you but can bar- intermingle all of them. This whole thing, like I have to, well, I have to have this fight over here, and I have to have this fight over here. No, no, or then they have to have the the support over here. In a physical fight, if you're on a battlefield, sure. But how about this? How about you have your infiltrators start to infiltrate, and then you come under attack by a small number of whatever. You have your board go in there and gun them down or try to gun them down. Or you're trying to set up some demolitions. So you want the guy who can go in there and set up the demolitions, but you've got to know the, the right place to do it. You've got to, you've got to infiltrate, uh, not infiltrate, you've got to research what it is you're trying to explode. You can have all these things. I'm being overly simplistic intentionally, but you can have these things, these people integrated together. You know, the old Shadowrun thing of the Decker and the rest of the party. Well, yeah. more appropriately, the cyberpunk thing of the Netrunner and the rest of the party has a great example of how they work together. You can have all of these these classes working together. It's just, you're right. Maybe that Borg's just a bodyguard for the the, um, Wilderness Scout. Yeah, you know, whatever happens to be. So Nerdy Ogre's absolutely onto something there when when he says that. I mean, stop. Folks have got to stop limiting. It's like, well, if combat, you're going to die. So I'm going to target you first. Well, if the Borg's doing his job or the crazy's doing his job or the juicer's doing his job, <laughs> you're not going to have a chance. You're not going to die because later on, you're going to need that, that rogue scholar. You're going to need him later on. Saving his life is going to pay dividends. Yep. Exactly. So do it. You'll have a better time as on the adventure as a whole. It'll be yep. easier. Keep him alive. All right. Thank you, Nerdy Ogre. You're awesome, sir. And you have a great day. And then now we have Damien H. How you doing, Damien? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, real quick, um, I know mm-hmm. it was mentioned earlier in the chat about horror and D and D and D, and they were talking about how it can be difficult to instill horror in a D and D game. And I'm thinking, is that because it's already a fantastical setting, and and this is a world where you have elves and dwarves and dragons and all this stuff. Magic and zombies. stuff. Yeah, the expectations are already pretty high. Yeah, so it's just another thing. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's just the probably the, one of the reasons how to make it scary. I mean, it's a threat, nevertheless, but it doesn't yeah. instill that. But is that. it really scary? I mean, exactly. yeah, horror is a tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really a it's really a tone. How you set up a scene. We'll, we'll we'll say whether it's horror suspense or fantasy adventure not so much the thing you're fighting against but how you're fighting it how how you go about describing it and if you do it well people will get the creeps and if you do that congratulations you brought horror to dnd as much as much as you can now other there games are different types of horror though too yeah yeah other games you have an easier time you know other other games that uh that uh, where where the fantastic isn't the norm, horror would be easier because you just gotta have to describe something that they've never seen before that that they that they sense is very powerful. You can easily turn that into a horror genre, mm-hmm. and everyone at the table will one caveat buy into that. One What's caveat that? to that is a game with a mechanic with a horror like the horror factor from Palladium horror factor built from Palladium. into okay. it, or 
Now, I guess you already made this point, but like Alien, Alien is a scientific game. You're not meant to have horror, but it's it's got that stress mechanic built into it. You could add something like that to a game. So yeah, out of the box, D&D, I think you're right. D&D is just already kind of high fantasy. It's tough, but you know, you can have rules at your table or if you're just a really good narrator, you can set that tone. You, you can bring the tone, but it'll take practice in a game like D&D because you're you're right. You're absolutely right. All the players are used to the fantastic being normal. So, you know, get, getting something really through their skin into them as scary is going to be harder. You're right. All right. What you got for a follow up? All right. Um, I will have to take umbrage to something a heathen dog said earlier. Oh, yes, right. him. Finally. Or him. <laughs> and um, and it's not about, quote unquote, good guys or bad guys. But oh, I do okay. think that the coalition's approach is ultimately counterproductive because not every DB that arrives on Earth is out to eat slash dominate slash kill humans. You're right. You are 100 percent right. So if they're going, if they're gunning everything down that doesn't have, you know, two arms, two legs, then what then, they're really then, doing is making making themselves the just to be safe. <laughs> no, no, no. You are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, there, there are some DBs that fall through rifts that for that are, that are from high tech worlds like Phase World or whatever, and they're like, "What the hell? I can't get home." And and if the if the coalition would embrace them, and it would it would increase their technology. And it, it would actually benefit the society as a whole. You're absolutely right. But in the in the coalition's experience, that is a one out of a hundred occurrence. So there's a one percent chance that you you bring in a good guy. There's a ninety percent chance you bring in somebody that eats the we're playing the odds family. But also and I think they're not gonna take that chance. Burn them all. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> right. It's I the do only think that's all safe. I do think that's, that's also now is that sustainable? Mm. We we find out no. Mm -hmm. Is it practical? Fucking yes. <laughs> but I will also say that 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 approach is probably a lot to do with the leadership of the coalition as well. <laughs> if they had different leadership, that could probably change, and it could probably yeah. end up being better for the coalition. Yeah, I mean, well, well, hold on, we'll answer that in a second because he actually got two follow ups. So oh, did, no, did, wait, it was still related to the. No, 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 you're, no, you're, you're good, but it's a radio call, and so you'll hear the answer here, but uh, I do appreciate you, Damien, coming in and yelling at him and not me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so right, go ahead. So the, whole, uh, the, the difference between Emperor Prosec, the first or second or third or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, General Sawyer, who was, who was in, in command of the NEMA troops 300 years ago, she was a much more open-minded leader, but she, she took no, no, you know, no flack, no guff from anyone, but she was open-minded and fair and wanted to be inclusive, but she understood at the time she couldn't be inclusive because the human race was on the edge of being annihilated and chances could not be taken. And throughout the leadership of the 300 years up until now, that's what was taken from it. Safety above prob above possibility. Probability above chance. You have to play the odds and play to win. And that's how NEMA became the coalition. That's and how so NEMA, an open-minded paramilitary organization used for mainly for disaster relief across North America, became a, a, an authoritarian dictatorship empire. 
That's how it happened. And you can follow it. You understand. You get it. You're like, I get why it happened. I get it. Do I agree with it? No. Is it believable? Yes. That's the point that I try to make with that as well. It's again, it's that whole human nature concept because we know they're the bad guys. Also, now he answered everything that that I would say already. So instead of just saying exactly what he said, uh, I'm going to add one other thing on here. It's the trope of the game for it being, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic number one. But you have an obvious good guy. Who is it, Laszlo? You have kind of mercenary guys in the Federation. If I, if I, Federation of Magic, I think it's called, where they're more mercenary. And then you have the scientific bad guys with the coalition. So you kind of have this three way power. So you can pick your poison or just live out in the wilderness and good luck with that. You know, it's so you, I'm talking as player characters, right? So you have, I want to go all, all scientific. I, I know it's not the right word, but we're going to go with that. I want to go all scientific. I want to go freelancer. I want to go all magical. And you can kind of just pick how you want to live. So the game, as a game aspect, you've got that triad there, I guess is what I'm trying to say, on top of what he was already saying as far as like the human nature goes. So, But uh, thank you, Damien, for, for the comments. Hopefully you heard our answers because I saw you did bounce out there uh, uh, early. But uh, all right, I think, uh, I think that's it for today. Well, hang on. Uh, Raven has a question. Okay. Uh, so when the rifts first opened up Earth, did everything that came come through the rift gates have spiky tentacles and want to eat humans? No. May as well have. No. That is that you are right. Not everything did, but 99% of things, yes. And since half of humanity died in the first six minutes of this thing, there was no time to check everyone's papers, make sure you don't <laughs> eat the brains of my children. None of that happened because 99 times out of 100, the thing tried to kill you instantly. And then one time they're like, where the hell am I? You didn't stop to talk to him. You shot first and didn't ask questions or else you die 99 times, 99 times out yeah. of hundred, you just die if you stop to ask questions. So they don't, they just kill them. I, I, I get, I get the point that he was trying to make. Oh, and yeah, I, and I think in the, like a real yeah. world scenario, sure. But this is a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, there, there is no game. It's either you react now or you die now. Yeah. And if you, if you react without, you know, uh, if you react by not not killing the potential enemy, you are you will most likely be dead. Yep. So you can't you don't have time to think. You just shoot. You kill, and you move on. You survive another day. Good job. But you killed a good guy. Eh, well, I didn't know that, and I couldn't take the chance. Well, My wife and child. Well, is right he, was he a good guy? We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. I I will sleep like a baby at night. It, if I if if an intruder busts in my door. And I kill him. My my wife and child are in this house. Someone broke into my house, has a gun, and I shoot them. I will sleep like a baby at night, even knowing later on finding out that he was he was being being chased by murderous zombies and he was looking for the you know someplace to be safe. He had no intention of killing me. I don't care. You break into someone's house in the middle of the night with a gun and get shot. Fuck you. You deserve it. How do I know you're not somebody all doped up on PCP or something? Yeah. Where you, I, I've actually watched Donut Operator. You'll find these videos where people get shot 14 times and they're still coming at you. Yeah. Like, Nine times out of 10, someone breaks in your house with a gun. They're trying to kill you. Are you going to stop and question them? No. That's how you die. That's, that, that's, how, that's how your wife gets raped and, and, your, and your, your child gets sold to, to some sheik somewhere. That, that, that's what happens. <laughs> 
<laughs> Am I going to take that chance? No, motherfucker, you're dead. You are dead. And I will sleep like a baby, even knowing I was wrong, because pff, people don't do that and expect to live. All right. Well, with that, I don't have anybody to to rate or whatever it's called and you to redirect you because when I checked before the stream started, nobody had their uh, their their uh, channels uh, scheduled. So I don't know if the Dutch oven's going on right now. I don't know if Bruce is streaming. I don't know if uh, Dan Blood was streaming. Uh, I don't know who's out there streaming. You can you can go check. Maybe Sean or is or something. But uh, nobody had it before I started, so I can't. It won't automatically direct you to anywhere else. But uh, with that. I think it is time to go through our proclivities and say, uh, you know what? I feel better now than I did after segment one. (laughs) When you guys really had me pissed. Um, You really spun up. I was. I I was spun up. But uh, you know what? That's also part of what makes this really fun. And I I mean that. It's what makes this really fun. You make me feel ways about things. And, you know, sometimes I look back and like, you know, I didn't have to feel that way about the thing. But, eh, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, oops, uh, there we go. want to thank our subscribers, our members, our chatters. We got some super chats today. I want to thank each and every one of you. Again, want to thank Damien, Nerdy Ogre, Fat uh, Gamer, and uh, Mark Hawkman for popping in in segment three. Appreciate that. Uh, and, you know, again, putting up with the fact that you're only going to get one and one and then cut off. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, come back on Friday if you have more to say. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on locals or you can back us on locals and you can give us tips on Streamlabs or directly through PayPal. PayPal is the best way to do it because you know what? They don't take the biggest cut, even if they are going to try to charge us $2,500 for misinformation. Um, I want to thank our followers and subscribers, our chatters and our lurkers. And of course the charity we support is the wounded warrior project here. I'll put that on the screen. So you can just click that QR code, say, I want to donate to the wounded warrior project. We're coming up in the end of the year. You want to get some of that sweet, sweet tax deferred or tax. Free, I don't know what the hell it is. Tax something. Is it deferred? Is that deferred? No, it's not deferred. Oh, it's, yeah, because you're not paying later. You're, uh, you're, you're just never paying. Yeah. Uh, RPG gate. Hold on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, tax deductible. There you go. See, she That's was, it. she, she worked as a tax deductor at one point. <laughs> that's right i said it uh we believe that games are fantastic whatever the hell my script says i'm supposed to say escapism not representation entertainment over act uh, activism wow i was gonna say over action and natural inclusion not forced diversity and do i have anything else to put on the screen oh yeah links below there's a schedule it's been like uh are you guys running out of free content yet or no no that's I good am. Awesome. You've been doing that game for a while. He's playing D Dungeons and Dragons online. Can't get enough Dungeons and Dragons in at the table. Watch his Dungeons and Dragons online Thursdays and Saturday nights. All right. I'm going to let Heathen Dog have his final words of wisdom. My final words real quickly are going to be real simple. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for making me get angry over nothing. And uh, you know what? We'll do it again next week. More heartfelt words were never spoken. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, speaking of riffs, uh, I understand that there is a lot of people out there who who really, really love riffs and really, really study all the timelines and all the stuff. You can go on, you can go on the internet and check out riffs timeline, official riffs timeline, and you'll find five, six, seven, eighteen thousand of them. All of them are a little different because each book is twenty years apart. And some information is different in one book than another. You're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with that, that it's not going to be an exact science. 
what we're trying to do is give an overview of the entire world, how to navigate it. We're not giving, you know, textbook answers to everything because there really isn't one with it, with a system that's gone on this long. There's going to be internal inconsistencies in the official products. That's just the way it is. If you want to feel a way about that, that's fine, but I can't help that. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the one that I believe is most correct. Does that mean I'm right? No, but it also means that you're not right either. So I hope that you can live with that and continue watching and come back next week to hear some more stuff. Mm -hmm.